0: Hey folks, what do you know? It's the UticaCast episode 247. Uh, joining us this week for the first time in almost two years, uh, she is the VP of Marketing and Development for the Players of Utica Theater. She is Carrie Bostic. We had a great time talking to her. Uh, but our conversation with her, much like my conversation with Kevin again this week, is overwhelmed by discussion of the coronavirus, which is taken over every aspect of our daily lives at the moment and yeah and if
1: they're quarantining me in the studio i'm here in this part too <laughs> yeah he's i'm quarant- in the intro too <laughs> i'm quarantined a- <laughs> in here quarantined uh yeah we're quarantined here better play studio. my music before i start talking crazy
0: <laughs> 247 of the unicast we are happy as always to have you here quarantined with us play my music
1: I always know the answer. Got all the answers. What's up? If you had to guess, if you were a listener, would
0: you assume that Heather is here today, this week? If I listen to this show regularly? Regularly.
1: No, I would assume she isn't. (laughs) No. I'm a safe place to park (laughs) your (laughs) money.
0: That is a great place to park your money. Uh, Welcome back, folks. Episode 247 uh, of the UDICast. Heather is not here because she is at home with her family. Practicing the word of twenty twenty so far, or I guess the phrase of twenty twenty, social distancing. Mm.
1: I've
0: heard it everywhere. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Uh, and Heather is doing that with her family. She's very sad that she can't mm-hmm. make it, is what allegedly she told me.
1: Yeah, I've been I mean I've been doing it for years. So I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> social, social distancing. <laughs> it really is something that
0: I like I've been practicing for my whole life. Oh I'm, at least last bunch of years, yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, we are live from the
1: coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. We're not it. live. This is taped. When you listen to this, this is not live. No, it's true. It's we're not, not doing a live That's podcast. Uh,
0: yeah, so we've sort of talked about coronavirus a bunch of times over the last few weeks, mm-hmm. and now we're here in the official pandemic. Yes. How do you feel about it? Let Because ask, I've asked a lot of people about this. I asked people live during the show that I'm going to talk about in a second. But Sure. On a scale of one to ten, how do you feel in terms of concern about the world around us right now?
1: Concern about what? That's too broad. Too broad, I think. How how concerned am I that I'm going to die? That's a low. Very low, low. right? Yeah, very low. Low. We'll say. I won't say very low. We'll say low though. Low. Um. Low. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know.
0: It's funny, I keep expecting to, like, go outside and drive to, like, the grocery store or drive to the gas station to get whatever
1: and see nobody. Yeah. But that's not really the case. That's common. People still out there. It's common. There's still, I mean, it's still, there's a lot less people than ever out there. Every place. Yeah. Every place, there's less people.
0: That's true. Uh... And again, if you were watching on Saturday night, when I was hosting Uptown Saturday Night's premiere from the Uptown Theater, Uh I was the monologist, we went to a live uh, web stream because we did not want people to come in, and I think that was probably the right move. Yeah, for
1: sure, for sure, socially responsible to stay open. Um, I was thinking about that the whole time when I was out there, in the thick of it, on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, you played on Saturday during the day. Yeah, for quote unquote Saint Patrick's Day, aka uh just another another example of putting capitalism and profits over public health, you know, America. Yeah, well that's, <laughs> that's And like listen wh- listen, don't get me wrong. Like I feel, you know, we I don't I don't wanna step on your coverage too much. I don't know how you have it organized and <laughs> where you're going, oh, so I'm not gonna jump in oh. the box too much. So do your thing. No no dig it. It's go ahead. Uh no I was just I mean because I was just gonna say about you know quarantines with people being out there's a lot of different stuff so I'm, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, let you yeah. I'm gonna let you lead the charge because yeah yeah if not I'm gonna talk oh. for 20 minutes straight without giving well, you a, question, any space <laughs> my question I guess for you is you you know you've
0: been in bands we've been out together for many years been friends for a long time we've seen St Patrick's days sure were people was it noticeably less people oh god yeah like, like really oh god yeah. yeah 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 huge so most people are. At least heeding some aspect of, like, the stay away. Some people.
1: I mean, it was still busy enough. Yeah. Yeah, no. It was it was a it was a bad, irresponsible decision by every single person mm. who owns an establishment on that street. Interesting. Many of whom are, are personal friends of mine. Yeah. People that I would consider yeah, sure. actual friends and people who, at least in one case, where we played over the weekend, I told them, I'm like, this is irresponsible. I get what you're doing. If I was in your boat, you know, maybe I'd do the same thing. I get it. You can express those feelings and have disagreements amongst friends, but yeah, yeah. We were out there, but there was definitely a lot less people. But there were plenty of people who were out there, and it was exactly it was exactly what you would expect uh, as far as who was out there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's what I've noticed. Like, if you go
0: based just on what Twitter has to say about it, and I mean, that's its own. Which you thing. should never do. Should never. Honestly, do. if
1: you have Twitter, delete it. It, it, it does nothing for your <laughs> life. It brings nothing good to your life. I know you think it does. I promise it doesn't. Yeah, just yeah. Get rid of all the social media, man. Um. You did see a lot of people
0: talking about, like, going out, being like, first night of quarantine, going out to the bars. And yeah, it's yeah. like, it's weird, too, because it, I, I was talking about this with uh, GFOP, Justin Parkinson, earlier. Uh,
1: maybe we're over... Does he think it's a Democrat hoax?
0: No. He didn't say that specifically. Okay. Uh, although, I'll say, if this is a Democratic hoax... It's the most successful Democratic hoax I've ever seen. In well, my they've life. got the whole deep state. <laughs> they back got everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're back yeah, in yeah, call. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that uh-huh. one on Twitter. Actually, I like, saw the
1: new term I saw today was "medical deep state."
0: Oh, the medical deep state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my uh-huh. god! We yeah. should say I have a conspiracy corner later, so we'll save that for Some time for that. <laughs> the medical. Alright, so go ahead though. Make your point. Um, no, we were sort of saying it's like yes, maybe if we go out in two and three weeks and they say, "Hey, things have." You know, die down. We can start getting back to reality. Maybe we'll look back at this time and say we overreacted
1: a little bit. But it's so much better to have overreacted now. Well, it's the same, yeah, it's the yeah. same thing, um, Dr. Fauci, everybody at the CDC, just, basically everybody's saying is we would rather get criticized for overreacting than criticizing for underreacting. Hmm. You know what I mean? I would rather overreact, act nuts for a couple of weeks, and then have a bunch of people's parents and grandparents not dead Correct. Then be mad irresponsible yeah, yeah. and have a lot of people's parents and grandparents dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not that, you know, the motel, like, I, you're seeing a lot of irresponsible talk. People are like, this is just a really bad flu. And first and foremost, I do believe, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And a lot of the panic is overblown. And there's definitely a lot of fear mongering being sold. I do agree with a lot of that stuff. But that being said, if like you're one of these people who's like, oh, it's just the flu, it only hurts older people, it's just a bad flu, yeah. people don't need to freak out, this is all stupid, you're stupid. Yeah. You're just stupid. And yeah. I'm sorry, uh, you just are. You know what I mean? Like, yes, this is not, you know, this is not the stand. This is not a plague that's going to wipe all of us out and this yeah. and that, but like, this is still very, very dangerous for a reason, you know what I mean? A lot of people have older relatives and older, you know, parents and different stuff like that in their lives and... That's who these precautions are for. You know what I mean? That's who these precautions are truly for.
0: I have struggled to not take my head directly to like the stand and like all the like, apocalyptic fiction that I've yeah. read in my lifetime. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I'm really struggling not Prime, to like. Yeah. I realized that I was in a group text with my brother and
1: sister last night, and we were talking about my brother was lightheartedly joking because my sister lives out in yeah. you know, like Dalgeville, pretty rural. You know what I mean? They've got like some space. Mm-hmm. And my brother was joking. He's like, oh, you know, haha, if, I, if everything goes like Walking Dead to end up, we're coming out there for you. And I just started, I was also joking, but I was serious. I'm like, no, nah, actually the plan should be this, this, and this. And we go here and we bring this and we get these people. And that way, after this happens, we do this. And you just like, dot, 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 Jesus, man, you got to read some more positive books. And I got a good laugh out of that. Hey, before we get
0: into any, I have a couple of just checklist of a few coronavirus things. Sure. Uh, you'd mentioned to me that uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Russell stole our, our uh, one of my questions for books, albums, movies, or shows people are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, and they applied it to the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, so what's something that people out there who listen to the show should read, listen to, or watch based
1: on your suggestion? What's something you can give oh,
0: people? Oh, man. Um, tons tons
1: of stuff. Do you, do you? Would you like something more specific? Yeah, sure. Give Why me, not? Just give me a more specific... Well, give, me, give me a book that people can read. Something nice and long they can dig into. A book that... Well, you know what the trick is? If you don't have the books at your house already, you're probably yeah. not going to get the book. I guess Great you can order point. from Amazon. You can probably get a book or yeah. something like yeah, that yeah. from Amazon. Um, the Stand. Read the stand. Mm, stand. It's a great time to read the stand if you haven't read yeah, it. Read um, it is a great time to read the stand, but like if you're the type of person who gets freaked out easily uh, and is already anxious about this whole pandemic, don't read the stand.
0: Especially the first two hundred pages. just yeah, so. do not do don't it. Don't read that. Don't
1: do it. Um what
0: I've seen, I've noticed when I went to Netflix that Outbreak is like number two on their list of movies for yeah. like top ten. Which is kind of whack. I it's mean, it's not a great movie.
1: I get it. No, it's it's, it's a fine movie. It's, it's fine. one of those. It's one of those like mid to late nineties like yes. uh, video store rental kind of movies. Like it's not. It's no <laughs> yeah. classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff, but it's a great popcorn movie. A lot of I love, but I love movies like that though because I'm not always trying to watch like you know. Something like really high concept, artsy-fartsy, like this is, you know, capital F films. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just want a nice popcorn flick. Outbreak is good for that. But it's different because that's like monkeys and the Ebola virus and that whole thing. Contagion is really the jam. Mm. That's the jam here. Uh, I've
0: heard a lot of people talking about Contagion recently. I've never seen it. Oh, no? Uh, I know it's not streaming anywhere right now. So people are, like, downloading it illegally (laughs) off the internet to watch it. Uh, I mean, if you're a guy like me, you're playing a lot of video games and playing a lot of Fallout, which... Not exactly the same sort of timeline of the coronavirus, it's more nuclear stuff, but you can sort of, you can lean into it with your head and be like, this is
1: You are leaning into it with your head, I'll (laughs) agree with that. (laughs) Uh,
0: I will say though, um, I I am going to try and get some reading, and I have a lot of lists of books that I have, like tons of books that I haven't sat down to read that now I'm going to have a little more time now that we're out of school, which I'll get to in a second. Sure. But if you're looking for a good one, a nice long one. Here's one called 2666. It was the final novel by uh, author Roberto Bolaño. Uh, it is a story about an elusive German author and the unsolved and ongoing murder of women in Santa Teresa, a fake city in Mexico. It's not based on a real city. It's a very long, epic story that spans nations and timelines. It's really cool. You read look. this
1: book? Yes. Did you get me this book? Twenty six sixty six.
0: Yeah. No, it's in the it's in the other room though.
1: Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you've got a. I couldn't remember. It it's was a one really that good book. Yeah. You had gotten for Christmas. Okay.
0: It's just one of those books that no, I don't want to say like. I was War about to torture
1: you for recommending a book you hadn't read. I was hoping oh. you'd be like, "No, I just heard it was good." No, no, no. <laughs> no I read this book.
0: Uh, what I like about a book like this for something where it's long term is this is sort of a long term story that takes place over multiple like sections and chapters and jumps various mm-hmm. levels in time. It's a big epic story, and if you're gonna have time to really sit down and. Yeah. Leading to something along, And I, I love Mexican authors. They have that sort of romantic mysticism in the writing that I like so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's. It, it, you, you're starting to hit on a little bit of an interesting point where I think, you know, because right now, like, we just. Things are changing literally by the day, by the hour. Oh my you God, know what I mean? I things so are going to be different by the time this episode comes out yeah. tomorrow. But, like, they're. The CDC is recommending no gatherings of people larger than 50, 50 people for the next two months, eight weeks. Um, President came out today and said that you shouldn't gather with more than five people for the next two weeks. You know what I mean? Which is all crazy stuff. So a lot of people uh, shut up in their homes for the most part. Yeah. Like this is it's it's tough to you know, earlier when I was talking about you know, people with the panic and like, you know, how a lot of people are, are idiots if they're fluffing yeah. this off. A lot of what that comes from is what we're seeing and going through right now is, you know, regardless whether it's overhyped or fear mongering, unprecedented in our lifetimes and more or less in the history, you know what I mean, of, of, yeah. our, of our country and, like, modern society and all that stuff. And this is a bit of an of uh, an opportunity for a lot of people to, to reset and to do a lot of things and to sort of, you know, there's a lot of ways you can take advantage of mm-hmm. this. Whether it's just you read a bunch of books you've been putting off. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, you deal with, you know, some project at home that you've been putting off. You know what I mean? Whether it's whatever it is. There's, a, I don't know. It's just, it's a really interesting time. It's so, from like a thirty thousand feet view, it's just, it's riveting. You know what I mean? But it's not great being here. Yeah, I, I said this during the the
0: uh, event that I hosted on on Saturday, and I don't. It is like. 9/11, like the O.J. chase, it is the only thing that people are talking about everywhere you go. Yeah. Every discussion, every person you meet, whether it's yeah. a stranger, whether which you're not supposed to be meeting, um, whether it's a stranger or a family member or a friend on the phone, there's no. It's dominated every aspect of our lives, and I can't remember anything like that in at least a decade, almost a decade ever, ever, ever yeah,
1: not, much more than that. You could maybe make a case for 9/11, and that would be a weak case. Mm. OJ out the window. That's no. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. There's never Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're at that point. But mm. that's the that's one of the big differences, though. Too like when 9/11 happened, and you know Pearl Harbor and stuff like that. One of the big things is we got to get the people back out there, and we got to get the people back to the games, and back out, and right. back with one another, and carry on, and live mm-hmm. on. And this is diametrically opposed to that. You know what I mean? There's no, like, hey, we got to buck up and get back out there. It's like, stay the F in your house.
0: Uh, so, like I was uh, getting to last Friday on March 13th, uh, United County Executive Anthony Pesenti declared a state of emergency in United County, meaning all public schools will be closed to students from March 16th to April 14th.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Heather has already texted me saying she does not know what to do with all the questions her son is asking her now that she's home all day long has nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that can, uh, you can, can do during a state emergency. They might, you know, they're not having curfews or anything, but they're definitely going to regulate and close. Yeah. 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 Uh, places of amusement, spending, limiting the sale, dispensing of transportation of alcohol, things like that.
1: Uh, have you done the grocery store run? You did one grocery store run since this I all started. I've really done, right? like, a grocery. I've been to a grocery store. I went to a Walmart last week. Yeah. Um,. As a bit more of a, oh, I've got to stop and grab a couple things as opposed to like, yeah. I need to stock up. It was genuine, I'm like, oh, i are going to pop in there anyway. Uh, it was pandemonium. The pandemonium. pandemonium. Yep. Um, but, you know, g- grocery stores and stuff like that, like, if there's something you feel like you don't have, just relax. That stuff will be there and it'll we'll be back. Um, excellent article in the OD today uh, about Schnattery's and just, you know, the folks from Schnattery's talking about how they're set up. I think one of the big things here, um, we, whenever we get into, you know, some of the economic impacts, you yeah. know, this is a great opportunity to to make sure that we're supporting our local businesses and getting you know reinvested and reinvigorated in our own communities uh so to keep in mind you're
0: talking about schools being closed for as long as a month almost really here yeah, you're talking a full month literally 100 percent a
1: month yeah yeah
0: and i'm thinking you know because we would have had that time off and anyway, longer yeah. longer chances are nobody's going back to school you wonder what it means going forward and i think about this a lot like what it means for this group of kids who's stuck in this cycle like do
1: we how do we grade them? How do we... You don't. Know, they're just done. They're just done. I just more, they do, you, you work in public education, so you, yeah. know, you know damn well that a lot of kids just get shoved along no matter what anyway. So yeah, you just you shove them along. A lot of these public schools are still opening up
0: to give the kids breakfast and lunch, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, which is hugely important is, in a lot of districts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that's, that's, and I think this ties into the point you were making about 9-11 and you know, how it's not the same. We were back in school pretty quick. 9-11. I don't think we took the it the next day. Yeah, next day. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh it would be yeah, why would we why would we not be in school? I can't remember. Ever. Cuz it never like, has never happened. It's never happened.
0: It's really strange. That's why you can't remember. It. It's never happened. Um and I've also seen a lot of people sort of talking about all the things that have been canceled, all the sporting events, all the sports leagues. And I know that it's not like uh people were like who cares about that kind of thing? Well, right. Certainly in the big scheme of yeah. things, it's not that important. Most
1: people are fools, too.
0: But when the things that you get used to in your life as pillars of like the established society start to fall by the wayside because they become less important, it is a sign of something greater. Like right? I'm not saying that I'm woe is me because the Premier League's gone. But it's like, man, all of these things are done now. Like this is a huge deal. It really solidifies what a big deal this is. Right? Like I can't I can't imagine when people were gonna be Ready to go see a sporting event again? Like feel okay to just be like up and out and back into the world? As soon as they have them, you think so? Yeah,
1: I do. Well,
0: WrestleMania hasn't been canceled. People are yet.
1: people are in no rush to to stop now. They're having people. If you if they had, mark my words, if they were still holding NBA games, there would still be people at the NBA at
0: the games. NBA games.
1: You know what I mean? Like yeah. they the only. Re- this weekend, we saw we saw pictures and videos from all over this country of people out for like this, you know, St. Patrick's Day parade style weekend. Even parades canceled, and every bar everywhere was packed, packed enough, not as packed right. as usual, but still plenty of people. People would go. Things have to be closed down to stop people from themselves. Maybe we can call it cynical if you want. So let's just say call it
0: cynical. Well, I'm I'm going to get that. Oh, okay. So let's say WrestleMania, which is supposed to take place on April 6th or whatever day. Sure. It is, right. They have not yet canceled. WWE has essentially said, we're going to wait until the city of Tampa tells us to cancel. It because is, we would like to collect our insurance like policy. Our, yeah, sure. And Tampa is basically like, well, they can cancel if they want to You cancel. go fuck yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But is there, devil's advocate on this, is there a benefit to Vince McMahon? Like, let's say by April 4th, things have gone really well, better than we expected, and people are not sick in the way that we expected them to be. Right. Sure. Is there a benefit to being the first major public event after this is happening, after the pandemic? Not really. Not really? No. Eh. I mean,
1: what better fit? You can only fit so many people in a stadium. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's no way that in, what's that, two, three weeks' time you're talking about? That's, uh, yeah. just, not, that's this is just not feasible. Not feasible. Yeah. This That's the one thing that, like, you know, well, we, I said in this podcast a couple weeks ago, we should not be worried. Mm-hmm. And I still think people shouldn't be worried, but I do think that you can take something seriously without being worried about it. Um, I think it's important that people understand that this is going to be kind of our new reality for the next yeah. uh, foreseeable future. And this is going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, humans, humans don't really like to, we as humans we don't really, you know, things that challenge our worldview, we don't really let in all that often. You know what I mean? Things that challenge yeah. the way we look at life just seems easy to be like, no, nah, that can't really be it. That can't really be it. But, you know, just like everybody else and their mother who has a platform has said This week or over the weekend and all the content they put out, you know, if you had asked yourself 10 days ago, did you think we would be here? You never could have imagined it. You know what I mean? No, you're totally right. So, Um, so any, any kind of notion that like, like I had a trip overseas uh, scheduled for in May, that's canceled. You know what I mean? Like we, I'm not even, I don't need to look at what the, the things are. I don't need to, you know... Some of my travel partners are a little bit less convinced, don't really see it yet. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to beat it in, but I'll tell you right now, that's canceled. You know what I mean? We're will flying to London in the second week of May. That's not happening. Well, even
0: Katie and Justin and <sighs> Maiden Utica, who, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, they were not waiting in the airport. They ended up, they were gone on a trip. They rented a car and came back because they said, I'm not dealing with the airport. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't blame them. Sure, extent. yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's... You know, we're not. There is no f- feasible scenario on April sixth or whatever the wrestling event is that. Oh, false alarm. Oh well, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just not. That's not.
0: Nah. Uh, all right, so we'll move on from that. Oh, I have one Trump thing. You ready for this? Oh Jesus. Okay. Um. So, did you read this thing about the German about uh, uh, the German ministers? German ministers are reacting angrily following reports that U.S. President Donald Trump offered a German medical company. Large sums of money for, quote-unquote, exclusive rights to the COVID-19 vaccine. Essentially saying he wanted to
1: buy the vaccine, yeah. but only for America. It's kind of low. There isn't weird. the vaccine. They don't have a vaccine. Right. There's the promise and stuff like that going on. But.
0: Right. I just thought this was a wild story. Like, it seems like the kind of thing that Trump would do. <laughs> like, just be like, only for us. Yeah, make money vaccine off his office. For yeah,
1: yeah. 100%, yeah, 100%. 100%. He continues to make money off the office. That's not going to stop
0: um well that's not that's very true um and he's definitely not like between him and pence two of the least like two, you have a germaphobe and a guy who wants to pray the the sickness away so two guys who i'm not really psyched in, in, in like being at the head of this pandemic at movement. Yeah, like yeah. not guys who fill me with any real like uh semblance of like well these guys seem like they have it under no. control no um yeah, uh, New, York, New York Post came out today and essentially said, if you live in New York, you should assume you've been exposed to coronavirus at this point in time. Mm-hmm. New York City, I think he means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Los Angeles and New York both closing movie theaters. Disneyland is closing for only the fourth time in its entire existence. Makes sense. Um, I wish I had looked up what the other three times were. I'm sure that they're, like, hurricanes hurricane, yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, hurricanes don't really come in as far as... Mm. Or did you say Disneyland or World? Because I was thinking Florida. Uh, this says Disneyland I mean, in California. Probably California. Probably yeah. earthquakes, shit like that. Yeah. Uh, for people
0: who are wondering, though, uh, the World Health Organization has confirmed this week that your cats and dogs cannot get the coronavirus. Yes. So that's good to know. I can leave Charlie inside, God forbid. That would have been something else. Uh, you
1: want to get into a little conspiracy theory before we go to break? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just here. I'm riding the wave. You know what I mean? I'm just... <laughs> Well, ride the wave. Uh, we're, it's gonna be interesting going forward with the pod about what
0: we do in terms of content because I feel like everything for the next month, this is all we're gonna get in terms of conversation is like coronavirus stuff. I feel like, uh, so we'll have to start coming up with some more interesting, like uh, bottle, bottle episodes of the show. Some things. So if you have any ideas, here, folks,
1: Unicast 2020: The Return to Uh, to. I don't want to say trying, because that's not what it is. But <laughs> it's definitely not what it is. <laughs> the return. Uh, yeah, no, well, I was thinking about that, too. We talked about it. We touched on it briefly earlier when you and me were just chatting. But although there will be some weeks where the format changes, might be tough for like, getting a gasket in and interview and stuff, I can see a yeah. lot of scenarios where we're just up in this house. We might as well just, like, record different things. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, So you might see some non-linear, non-canon, Unicast episodes coming out where they're just, like, special episodes. I
0: definitely already have a bracket thing that we're going to do. That's oh. already that's already created. It's just we don't have a third person here at the moment to be the deciding vote in anything. I see. So until they... Until that person shows up, we'll have to hold that off. That's well, fine. I'm not really worried about it.
1: It's a hell of a... It's a hell of a spoiling vote. <laughs> it's true. Uh... So here's the conspiracy
0: theory that China is saying. If you read this, uh, a spokesman for China's foreign ministry uh, tweeted yesterday that it might have been the U.S. Army that brought the coronavirus to China. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy reports that 300 athletes from the U.S. military
1: attended the seventh world military games in October. In Wuhan, where it first broke out, were affected with the virus. It doesn't matter. Oh, Like the viruses don't have nationalities. <laughs> like all these, all these idiots on like Fox News people be like, "Oh, the Chinese virus, the Chinese virus." Like it was a real question they asked the debate. The other night, like, "Oh, what should what should we do to China in retaliation for the coronavirus?" Nothing. That's not what are you like? Oh my God, George is getting upset. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm going to get you more upset. Uh, Rolling Great. Stone put out a
0: list of some of the more common. Coronavirus conspiracy theories, I'll hit you up with just the, uh, the breakdown. Number one, the government introduced the coronavirus in twenty eighteen under the guise that they could then profit off of the vaccination or the vaccine. Idiots. I mean So no, he's not a fan. It's just idiots. uh how about number two? There is a vaccine or cure for coronavirus, but the government just like
1: there's a cure for cancer refuses to release
0: is. it to us. Of course, yeah. Uh, number three, coronavirus originated with Chinese people eating bats. That's not true. That's racist. Um, I know some people who say that, don't think it's racist, but it is. Uh, the virus is no worse than the common cold. Number four, another conspiracy theory being spread around. That one's. Like,
1: yeah, if you're like 22, it's <laughs> actually <And then laughs> really good. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, number five, hand dryers are effective at killing the coronavirus. This is a conspiracy theory that's going around, which sounds doesn't sounds make bad.
1: any sense. Why would it, uh, would, would that do enough. anything? Well, if it was hot enough to to kill a virus, then it would for sure burn your skin. Well, how about this? How about uh, coronavirus? Number six is
0: a bioweapon engineered by the Chinese government, or the CIA, to wage war in America,
1: or China. <laughs> yeah. So... Great. Right. What do you... Like, what do they mean? You would think that it would probably be a little bit more effective. Uh, uh, number seven. <laughs> Dean Koontz predicted the coronavirus. This is not a, uh, that's on a picture. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, in his 1981 novel, The Eyes of Darkness, which went viral on Twitter. This he is talked the... about the 2020 coronavirus coming out of Wuhan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's in that book. Yeah. W- Wuhan 400, it's called in the book. The perfect weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Do you refer to it as do you know anyone who's referring it to
1: as strictly as COVID nineteen? Uh, only by the only scientific names only. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, because it's because to call it coronavirus is yeah. just misleading. It's right? an umbrella term. You can yeah. call it the novel coronavirus. That will we'll accept that. We'll accept COVID nineteen. I mean coronavirus is a fine colloquialism, but yeah. mo- most responsible writers or like anybody with like any sort of level of seriousness, yeah. yeah everybody's calling it COVID nineteen for yeah. the most part.
0: Uh, number eight, Simpsons predicted the coronavirus. They did not. That is a lie. I've seen this going around the internet a lot last couple uh, of days here. Stay
1: off Twitter, folks. It's bad uh, for you.
0: There is an episode where there's an illness called the Osaka flu, which is where they're getting the screen grab from, but that's mm-hmm. not a thing that they. Uh, and,
1: you know, to be fair, again, uh, you know, for all the people who don't fully think that they have racial biases, Osaka's in Japan, Wuhan's in China. That is correct. China, Japan, actually not the same place. True story. Turns out. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew <laughs> Turns this. Turns out. Um, I'm so tired. And last one, number Sam, nine. Sam, I'm so tired.
0: <laughs> uh, a miracle bleach product can cure the coronavirus. This it's, called people... bleach. Bleach. Yeah, yeah, it's called bleach. Bleach, yes. It's called um, bleach. So... Uh, we'll go to this week's interview. I have one really quick thanks, I hate it. Um, and it's really quick because no, the guy... The coronavirus! <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the the original thanks, I hate it, was going to be for a Tennessee man named Matt Colvin, who earlier this
1: week... Oh, I saw that dickhead, yeah. yeah. ...bought
0: 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and attempted to sell them at an upscale... He was trying
1: to flip them at a gouge, and then when the New York Times came knocking to do a story, he goes, well, actually... I was just getting these. I'm trying to donate them. Like, now, the article came out. Yeah. He changes his tune very quickly once he got some yeah. attention. So he did donate them as of today. So there's
0: your update. So, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, thanks,
1: I still hate it. Cool. Uh, You're however, a bad guy. I
0: want to give uh, two shout-outs to two people I think are do some really cool shit during this time. First off is a uh, friend on Twitter, although I don't know if he follows us, but he did at least comment on something. Uh, the Ringer's Shay Serrano, uh, who is a writer for The Ringer. Uh, if you listen to their podcast or their writing... He's been going on Twitter and paying people's bills mm. uh, during this period. People aren't being paid. If you can send him, like, a small bill that's, like, you were not going to be able to pay. He's been essentially going out and paying bills until his uh, until his Venmo account stops. It's amazing.
1: I wish I was rich enough to do something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I really thought. I was like, damn, it's really cool that you can, like, just pay in, like, $227 for, like, student loan payments or whatever just for people who don't have any money at this time. Mm really cool and then the other one is uh pelican star zion williamson who pledged to pay the salaries of everybody who works at the smoothie king center which is the arena that he plays for in mm-hmm. new Orleans, for the next 30 days uh out of his own
1: pocket so, so catching up with all the nba players who did that zion's on the list now as well yeah is there more I tons of guys yeah so tons yeah. of guys and now uh, on, basically ownership is looking at getting it together too um, yeah, and the people who are gonna, which which is who it should be. But it's nice to see everybody jumping in. I know Blake Griffin made the news, we're going through his foundation, um all these guys and I'm not gonna do too much into that because I listened to the uh the Bill Simmons podcast with Ryan Rosillo like an hour before we're on here. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't wanna just run back that whole podcast. <laughs> sure. Um sure. but it's awesome to see and you know, there's it's gonna take a little bit of time for people to get the plans together, but it looks like a lot of owners are gonna do the right thing, a lot of people can do the right thing because you know, there's so many people affected by this. I know you're going to the interview, but that's one of the big things is the, the economic impact. Oh, With yeah. restaurants and bars closing, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who need a lot of help. I mean, this is all done. You're going to see um, – you're inevitably going to see some some local businesses that you love close mm-hmm. and not able to reopen. Like, that's just – that's a reality of the situation. Um,
0: yeah, there's a Washington Post article today that you're already starting to see the first – run of like coronavirus based layoffs like it's gonna start happening Tons,
1: all the restaurants are closed starting eight o'clock tonight yeah eight o'clock tonight everything's done everybody i know who's a bartender or a server no longer has a job yeah and i think really that's the thing that you know we look at people getting sick we look at the you know the old i don't have i mean we don't we're not gonna have any shows i can't i've been i've been making the bulk of my money performing live music you see me i'm out every weekend a couple times a weekend everything's canceled i mean i'm I'm not working until April 14th. I'm on student loans. But essentially, if I were just a substitute teacher, or like a regular teacher... If I'm, you were just a sub, if you were a regular teacher, you'd probably be all right. But a substitute...
0: Oh, yeah. You'd be out here making mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, you no, no work to be had. A lot right? of people. Yeah. Really, really strange. I... I
1: it really is weird. I, I don't know what it's going to look like to go back to normal. Nobody does. There is no normal. There is no normal. There is... Yeah. You can't go back. Fuck. You can't go back. There's no... Things will be different, and that's why we can we can reorient it in a positive direction. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping to see uh, a re-engagement of civic pride and sense of community, yeah. and you know, people restrengthening their bonds with their family and like what's important and all this different stuff. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. that's what you hope for. That's good.
0: It's good talk. It's sure. uh, good stuff. Let's uh, let's go to this week's interview. We've been about thirty minutes already, and um, Carrie and I went really long. Uh, speaking of which. Our guest this week, joining us for the first time in 92 weeks since she had been in. Almost two full years since we've been joined by VP of Marketing and Development for the Players of Utica Theater, Carrie Bostic, who joined us. I mean, it's it's like anything else. She joined us to promote an event that was coming up on, um, what day was it, March 27th through April 5th, and now it's canceled because of coronavirus. So, yes, a good portion of this podcast with our interview, we talked a little bit about that, but for the most part, we talked about board games and art and a lot of creative stuff, and we just had a long conversation about the things that are important in our lives and uh, how much of those things feel like they're going to change and what she'll be doing during this period of time, and we had a great conversation. It's always fun talking to Carrie. She's one of my favorite people, so nice interview with Carrie Bostic, who, was nice, who might be the last interview we ever have on the show if we can't get anyone to come to the house anymore. It's a really interesting point I've I thought about during the interview, so... Maybe the last interview we'll ever have on the show, Gary Bosnick.
1: What do you mean ever? I mean cancel the show.
0: Who knows what happens? No one knows. So tired No one knows. Gary Boston. The last interview in the history of the show. So tired. so colorful looking every time I see you. I'd this like is to be a rainbow. <laughs> between you this week and Zalatan uh, oh, yes. two weeks ago, there's a very colorful batch of guests here <laughs> on the podcast with the, with the hair color. Justin was very boring. His hair color is very normal, but it was his birthday, so we'll let it mm, slide. We'll let it slide. <laughs> um, Carrie, it's really nice to see you again. It, I don't know what number this is. Three. This is, three? this is three? Is this your third time club? club now. The Three <laughs> Timers Club. Uh, it doesn't have the same ring as the Two Timers Club, which mm-hmm. is why we never celebrate it. It makes me go back to the Halcyon days of doing this show in the early days when I was giving trophies out to people. I here. have a trophy yeah. still. <laughs> uh, we stopped doing that uh, oh, because yes. one, my trophy manufacturer—I don't know where that guy—he's up and left. I couldn't find the trophies you anymore. Just get good, good help these days. <laughs> it get good help. No. Nope. Uh, and then I had so many repeat guests over the years mm. who have come back on the show that it kind of became—it was hard to track who'd been on so many times. Right. So I'm like, all right. Yeah.
2: Uh, it yeah, has been.
0: <laughs> I was surprised though mm-hmm. when I went back and looked uh, at how long it's been since you've been on. The last time you were on the show was June 11th. 2018. Oh wow. So that was 92 weeks or one year and nine months ago. Yes. So how's your almost two years been since we've seen you? How's life?
2: It's been very <laughs> eventful. Um, I'm doing a lot which I was I felt like I was doing a lot before but I think more now has been uh, kind of stepping into more managerial things with yeah. my hobbies more directing mm. directing uh, things behind the scenes so that's been kind of new. So I'd say that I've actually started to enjoy that aspect of problem solving yeah, yeah. and things, which I never thought. I, I like to be an agent of chaos in my personal life, uh, whenever I play characters in like Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. I like to be the kind of chaotic good force in the world. Can we talk about Dungeons and Dragons yes, for a second? of course. Right, cool,
0: cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so when I was a young man, uh, I, this is going to get nerdy, I feel like, uh, I, played, I had a friend of mine, shout out to Andrew Filippone. Uh, who used to play a game with us called, I want to say it was called Hero Quest.
2: Mm-hmm, I've heard and of
0: it. Hero Quest was essentially Dungeons & Dragons, but for, like, morons. Like, people who've never played Dungeons & Dragons. So it was more streamlined. Yeah, Very, yeah.
2: Kind of like a Pathfinder um, feel. Yeah. But probably, I <laughs> okay. hear about how complicated Pathfinder is, mm-hmm. though. So it's supposed to be the the dumbed-down version, but I feel like it's also not.
0: <laughs> the only game I have around the house, I think, that's not mm-hmm. a word game specifically is... Uh, I think I have... A, someone bought me Settlers of Catan. Oh, and okay. I've never, like, it's attempted tough. to sit down with it. My sister apparently yeah. plays it and likes it. Uh, but Puro Quest... Yes. I remember playing this at my buddy's house when we were kids, and he was really into mm-hmm. being the, I guess... The Dungeon Master? The Game, right. Yeah, the the game, game Master, master right? Yeah, up that the term? Your, right.
2: Well, Dungeon Master for Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. and then everything else kind of changes depending on the game nowadays.
0: My problem, this is what I never understood with mm-hmm. Dungeons & mm-hmm. Dragons. I understand the idea of you create your character and it's streamlined in this, you know, you have to do it in between guidelines that are set up right. by the game, and you have different options, and you can roll dice to for effects and things like that. I understand all that concept. Is it really just the job of the Game Master to come up with the story on the spot? Or are there stories that you can go to and be like, this is a campaign we're doing? Mm -hmm. Or or are people just making it up?
2: All of the above. All of the above, okay, okay, okay. um, (laughs) One of the things that you'll do with the group that you're gonna be playing with is kind of sit down and have that conversation. Are we doing this as kind of a one shot, two shot, three shot, like a few sessions Mm -hmm. and then we're done? Or are we doing this as an overarching campaign and the thing that I never realized was uh, how much kind of theatrical improvisation goes into these things. Mm-hmm. Because players are dumb. We are dumb players. <laughs> and the dungeon master has a plan, but they also have to have 16 contingency plans. Mm-hmm. Because players are dumb and we will do surprising things <laughs> no matter how long you have known us all your life. Yeah, we You never quite stay on the map. You mm. always go off. And uh, there's a running gag, a meme on Facebook that's going around where it's like, you spot this tall elven man in the bar. (laughs) He seems to have information that could help you in your quest. And there's also a dwarf in the background, and his name is Sammy Sparkle. And they're like, we want to talk to Sammy Sparkle. That guy sounds dope. And like they go off and talk. Instead of moving the plot forward, they're just... It's more fun. So you always have to be prepared for that.
0: Sure. Sure, that's interesting. It makes me think of Westworld. Like, you just walk into whatever adventure is lying around is whatever you sort of walk into, whatever right. you decide to make your quest.
2: A little bit, but I think... Um, it's probably not as
0: convoluted as Westworld.
2: I, it might also be more depending on... Because you think about the hundreds of names that come yeah, through yeah. It, how long you're playing together. Um, something like Critical Role, I think they decided, they figured out that... Matt Mercer has played like a thousand characters yeah. in one of the two campaigns <laughs> that they've done on streaming. So that's not even yeah. counting the home games they played before. Do you watch
0: like YouTube channels of gaming and stuff?
2: Yes. I am a. I enjoy a Twitch stream. I enjoyed Twitch streams before I knew they were Twitch record previously recorded Twitch streams. Felicia Day Mm -hmm. uh, was kind of. I know some of these
0: names vaguely, just because I. She (laughs) yeah,
2: obviously from uh, the guild and things. But if it wasn't for Felicia Day, I don't think I would have happened upon Twitch streaming and Mm -hmm. kind of knowing what that is. And then she actually. Created Geek, Geek and Sundry, which has branched off so many cool things, and then they she approached Critical Role, and that became yeah. the crazy Kickstarter that is eleven million dollars, the highest entertainment one of all time.
0: Hmm. Interesting. That was just, I've seen you tweeting back and forth. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so interesting too. What was because uh, I think about like how I've accidentally sort of fallen down like the YouTube uh, mm-hmm. like hole of like internet video gaming personalities over the years. Like, I started with, like, when I was a kid, I remember watching, like, this is... People have no mm-hmm. idea what I'm talking about. But there was a guy named the Angry Video Game Nerd. Okay. You familiar with that no, guy? No, no. So that was, like, my first okay. foray into, like, YouTube video mm-hmm. game content. And I'm always shocked how much good content there is.
2: Yes, there's, like a, there's a lot.
0: there's really interesting content. Yeah. that You just put out for free. Why? Well, I, you
2: can pay. You, you can. can. And that's the thing. If you love something enough, you will absolutely... Encourage that. I think that's kind of been our grassroots movement mm. of our generation is to yeah. start paying that forward.
0: Like, why would I keep doing 247 episodes of a podcast and I don't get paid for <laughs> for any other reason besides I'm an insane person? Uh.
2: And it it fills your heart. People people around here are shocked when they're like, "Oh, you get paid for doing community theater." I'm like,
0: "No, <laughs> well, no." <laughs> well, let me uh, let me tell you, I've loved doing this podcast, but there is a, I would say at least. A 3%, 5% chance that you might be the last guest we ever have on this show. I don't think I'll get people to come over to the show anymore. I think that the coronavirus is scaring people in ways that I had not expected. And I, I th- <laughs> me
2: too. I, I found that to be true as well.
0: <laughs> uh, and I guess my question is, like, mm-hmm. uh, as a guy who's read a lot of Stephen King stuff, mm-hmm. I have The Stand. Yep. My, it's my favorite book ever, which is about <laughs> a super flu that kills 99.7% yeah. of the country. Mm-hmm. I had the tattooed on my arm. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, now it seems <laughs> in bad taste. But, um
2: you didn't know
0: it, i didn't know at the time but have you thought about like you've obviously your mind has delved to like what the worst case scenario is in this right like you've right? You've, you've seen enough you've played enough board games and seen oh enough apocalyptic fiction <laughs> i played
2: pandemic yeah, it's yeah. really yeah. funny mm-hmm. to me how few places i've seen anyone yeah. quoting the the board game pandemic because if you've ever played that you know how easy it is to sink <laughs> into this state and that's just with little, you know, pieces What's on a that? board.
0: There's a phone game, too, that people play. It's, like, really oh, popular right now. It's called, like, hmm. Plague, Inc. I've seen people playing it. Oh, um,
2: I have seen that. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's, like, the most popular cell phone game, like, in the world okay. right now because everyone's paranoid about the coronavirus.
2: But, I mean, pandemic. I don't know. I Those Mucinex commercials where uh, you see the passage of, of the green germs. Yeah. That's literally the way my brain has worked since I was a teenager. <laughs> so, I guess... I feel like all of my germophobia and paranoia over the years has at least prepared me for being a little bit calmer during these times.
0: (laughs) So let me, I'll put it this way. We're not going to spend forever talking Mm -hmm. about the coronavirus because I'm sure that as I get to the pod, when we record the rest of the podcast on Monday, there's going to be a lot more conversation about coronavirus. and
2: Things will have changed. (laughs) um,
0: I will say, and we're both working in Mm -hmm. fields right now where... It's very tenuous what's going to happen yes. going forward with this. So when we start talking about the stuff we're here to talk about, right. just keep in mind, listeners, we're going to assume that everything is going to go as according to plan. But no, no one knows anything. Well, with the no changing one, plan
2: yeah. that will be changing frequently yeah, yeah. over the over the days and weeks to come. Yes. Uh
0: it's so funny right now how everyone is just realizing that they can do their jobs from home. Like everyone in America well, just figured out the they can... <laughs> the employees knew. The employees, the employees knew.
2: absolutely knew. <laughs> and it's it's interesting too because I follow a lot of um, creative types yeah, that yeah. are also have disabilities or have mm. autoimmune disorders mm. on Twitter. And these folks are so frustrated because the services that they yeah. have been denied for mm-hmm their entire existence, are now suddenly totally acceptable to the society at large yeah. because able-bodied people might have a chance of getting sick. And it's like, well, dude, come on.
1: Let
0: me ask you this question, and we'll move on after yes. this. Are you personally concerned about this in any particular way? Like, are you, okay. I mean, I'm not concerned right. for other people. Right. I'm, I'm, all, I'm very concerned for other people who are sick right now. But are you personally um, concerned? I think
2: insofar as just that I was that i'm a former asthmatic and whenever i get hit with a respiratory cold Mm -hmm. um i do get hit harder and i think that's that's about that's about the extent of my personal bodily concern Mm. for me um i think with everybody kind of locking down things for the moment i think that we're reducing a lot of opportunities but you still have to go to the grocery store you still have to get gas um
0: I went to the grocery store today. It was.
2: Uh... Oh, I yeah, I'm really glad we stocked up earlier in the week because I think we're good on toilet paper <laughs> for like... like for like three and a half more weeks. Thank God.
0: That was the <laughs> that's like the Fallout 76 joke I've been seeing on. Yep. read it all day. Well, oh, you, like, you see, yeah, or, I you you, yeah. yeah. I shared the caps one. Yeah, uh, I
2: shared the Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's Fallout 4, but it's Fallout. whatever. It's yeah, it's... And uh Yeah. And it's like, oh, I expected the currency in the future to be caps, pa- not toilet, toilet paper.
0: <laughs> it's wild too. Like I, I. I I went to the store today essentially to get cat food. Like I also had to get right. real you groceries. Know, like you not, want to get food for you too. I needed but, to get groceries right. in general. I didn't do. I didn't get like a hundred rolls of paper mm-hmm. towels. I or like nine thousand things of bottled water. I just got like regular groceries. But it was it was shocking how many people were. Oh,
2: I've seen oh, the shocked. photos locally. Yeah. and it's it, we are. Human monsters.
0: <laughs> uh, so, uh, under the pretense that we might not have as much work to do going forward for the next few weeks, who knows when mm-hmm. things are going out. Do you have any like uh, games or anything you're planning on doing going forward? Anything you're going to do with your time?
2: We have a lot of board games. Um, I think we're also doing... I'm doing... a. We're like one-shot characters in uh, our friends' Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. campaign, mm-hmm. but we—I'm also in two other campaigns. So this is like a sometimes thing. Sure. And I think he's finally getting to the big bad evil guy, mm. and that's happening on Monday nights. So oh. That's gonna be happening. <laughs> but I think mean, other than that, um, I think we're we're looking for some fun content. I think for players of Utica. So that's something nice. that we've yeah. kind of been trying to plan. In the meantime Well let's
0: talk about that Since you are the (laughs) VP of Marketing and Development At the Players of Utica Which I always I'm always on the fence Whether I should call it Players Theater Or Players of Utica
2: Well now it's The building is Players Theater Players Theater That is a new thing That we actually had to change the signage (laughs) So but But the organization Has been for 108 years And always will be Players of Utica
0: uh, and you guys have a show coming up, the I Hate Hamlet Show, and that is March 27th. Oh, no.
2: No, that's what I was going to say. Oh, go ahead.
0: Do your thing. Then dig well, in. Well,
2: um, so we actually just got out of an executive meeting, mm. and uh, basically we are not sure when we are going to be presenting the show, mm. um, but that is the that is the big news that we did not feel that it was in good uh, conscience to continue.
0: And I mean, it's probably the right call.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, especially, especially if you look at our demographic, um, we have a lot of older folks. Mm-hmm. It, theater in general, it they're patronized by older folks and people that are yeah. susceptible,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's just they're gonna stay away. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to them to be exposed. It's not fair to the friends and family members of the cast and crew to mm-hmm. be exposed.
0: And this is almost what this is almost what I expected when we were talking, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were talking earlier today and yesterday. It does feel like. Almost every aspect of... I can't think of anything. I I heard someone else make this comparison Mm -hmm. today, so people are going to think I stole it from him, but I've been thinking about it for a couple Mm -hmm. days. And I I don't mean to downplay what happened, but this is the first time that I can remember as an adult, since 9-11, when the entire conversation everywhere I've gone... Has been the same. Has been the exact same. Yes. It's not the same level, it's different... Thing. It's
2: different tones and different yeah, takes and yeah. everything, but yeah, but, absolutely. Uh,
0: everywhere I've gone, work, mm-hmm. my friends, my family, people, strangers in the gas station, like, literally everything every, on the
2: internet right and now.
0: Everyone, it, this is the same story everywhere. Yeah. no one knows what to do going forward. Right. No one knows it.
2: Well, how there's people... no way to know how long these that it's going to be a problem in this area.
0: It's so weird, like there's a, I know it sounds so stupid, but like when I went out to the grocery store today and I was walking back to the car with mm-hmm. my bags and stuff, it felt strange outside. It was like a zombie movie mm-hmm. and a weird. I was like, there's a feel of like paranoia yeah. in oh, the yeah. air everywhere I go.
2: One of my coworkers yeah. was saying uh, something to the effect of, well, this isn't a post-apocalyptic world. And I'm like, eh. We kind of yeah. are entering into like it feels a little bit like a uh, the beginning of Walking Dead a little bit because everyone is just hoarding supplies <laughs> and trying to fend off this virus that you can't see or hear. I, or feel.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, I've. So, I've thought of so many apocalyptic scenarios for mm-hmm. this over the last few days. Like, I've thought about the stand thing, right? right? But yep. that seems like that's way out of the league. Like, the stand is right. cartoonishly well, over the top, and right? that's
2: the point. Yeah. That's, that's what that, um, like, that's what sci-fi is supposed to do, is to kind of yeah. push that to its limit.
0: But, my <laughs> friends, time. my friends, Kevin... Who does the show obviously mm-hmm. with me and Justin from Maiden Utica. Yep. They are huge advocates of a HBO show called The Leftovers.
2: Yes, I've heard of this. And the
0: Leftovers, the essentially the plot <laughs> of the Leftovers is mm-hmm. what would happen if two percent of the world's population disappears. Right. And it's like, oh, this is the Leftovers disease. This is if yep. you want to know what happens when two percent of the world uh, yeah. vanishes, go watch the leftovers right. and see what happens. <laughs> it's it's not great.
2: There's I feel like there's any number of awesome. And scary uh, post-apocalyptic scenarios to choose from. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Like, I hate, we, it's it, like when it you talk so about morbid. zombies and you're like, are they the 28 Days Later zombies or are they like the Zombieland zombies? Like, which kind... Master slow. <laughs> Give me the Resident
0: <laughs> Evil zombies. The yeah, the slow Resident Evil. Oh god, falling over zombies. I
2: I can't even. Like I've watched that streamed. Like people. Oh, the new going one? through the Just playthrough. Well, yeah. even the old ones when they did the playthroughs. I am. I can't. I'm such a bad horror person. I jump at everything.
0: I think tonight, actually, when uh, after we're done doing the interview, uh, when when Kevin, I don't know if my mm-hmm. buddy Steve's coming over later. I might watch that movie Midsummer. It's on. Uh, oh
2: god, yeah. You, I can't. You know, I don't you're think, not. In I that. don't think. I. I can, I, so when I, the last horror, I think the only horror movie I've ever gone to see in theaters was, uh, the lady in black or the woman in black. Ah, yes. And that was, that was such, I think, and I think everyone who critiqued it said that was such a lame horror movie and I was jumping at everything because you go and you're like, well, I know it's horror and I'm really bad with horror.
0: You know, here's the thing. (laughs) I, I I don't have an issue with gore necessarily Mm -hmm. because I like a lot of quote-unquote, gory movies. Right. Right? Like, I really enjoyed, like, David Cronenberg's The Fly, which is Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a kind of gory movie. Yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's kind of gory.
2: I was just forced to watch The Cabin in the Woods.
0: Did you like it? I, I thought it was So good. <laughs> I
2: liked the premise. I had a lot of holes with the plot. And also it did get really gratuitous for me at the end. And it's weird because like Kill Bill does not bother me with the gratuitous mm. violence. Mm-hmm. But it's something about the horror violence is just not my MO. Like I love a good murder in a movie. It's so delightful. <laughs> It's done well.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's it's weird too. It's all circumstance, mm-hmm. right? I always go back to like the original Halloween, right. right? When the boyfriend goes downstairs and Michael Myers viciously puts him up against the wall and hits him with the the knife and like sticks him into the wall. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, got him, good. But mm-hmm. under the pretense that Michael Myers may have killed the dog, everyone's like.
1: Yeah, because hey. like, It's all context,
0: right? <laughs> Actually, Scream 2 is on uh, one of these streaming platforms, mm-hmm. and I watched like, the first 20 minutes of it, and I got a good laugh out of it. That. Mm-hmm. That's not a... Do you yeah. like, like, a thriller? Are you not? I like love this?
2: thrillers, but I still will get scared. But, like, in a good... Like, I like to be intellectually frightened, I guess, more than horror are you trove one of these, frightened.
0: Are you one of these people who goes and reads the plot of the movie before you go see it in the theaters? No. So you know what's coming. I've had a couple people who told me that's, like, a thing they do.
2: No, but I do like to usually read afterwards. Like, um, for instance, the... uh, What was the Johnny Depp movie that was a Stephen King short story?
0: Um, oh, yeah.
2: Were uh, I know what you're talking about, and it involved Ellery Queen because Ellery Queen, I mm. I used to get Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine every month. Yeah,
0: okay. uh, Secret Window,
2: Secret Window, yes. Secret so window. after I saw that, I did read the short story, and one. for me, neither of the endings was quite perfect, so I kind That's of cool. melded them. And then whenever I've watched oh. it since then, it's kind of been like, oh, I forgot the movie ended this way instead of this <laughs> blending of the two.
0: I'm gonna do something I never do. Uh, mm. I have a question. For one of our later segments that we do called Bits from Other Blogs, where I take mailbag questions from other websites and Mm -hmm. answer them on our own podcast, because I think it's hilarious. And it's actually about this, so I'm going to ask it to you. So when you're reading a book that hasn't been adapted into a film or TV show, Mm -hmm. are the mental images of the characters you're reading about being portrayed by real people or imaginary people?
2: Imaginary people. Imaginary people. It's never a real (laughs) person. It's just like when... I feel like there's a better shot for a movie to do well that's based on a book adaptation if they are more unknown because so many of the celebrity high-end A-list actors they're playing themselves you're buying you're you're bringing them in and giving them the paycheck so they can play themselves they're people we want to hang out with for a few hours in a movie theater and yeah
0: I've had a couple back and forth ones I read The Martian when it Mm -hmm. came out and then saw the movie and what I thought was weird is I didn't see Matt Damon in my head right when I read the book, I was like Matt Damon, yeah. he's he's gonna be the Martian. Mm-hmm. I saw the movie; it's actually quite a good movie, and he's very good in it. Right. I, I, I afterwards, like, yeah, it makes sense.
2: It was acceptable. It was acceptable. To you. I
0: was like, yeah, it's yeah, fine. The one that we always talk about, Kevin and I, because we're huge mm-hmm. Stephen King fans, is The Shining. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw The Shining multiple times. Mm-hmm. I love Stanley Kubrick. Yep. I am aware that Stephen King hates The Shining, but I don't care. I think it's an amazing movie. I also think the book is amazing. They're different things, right? But when I did go back to read Mm -hmm. The Shining by Stephen King, it was indeed impossible to not think of Jack Nicholson doing the voice with the whole, like, Mm -hmm. give me the bat, Wendy. Yeah. Yeah, it's impossible. I didn't hate it, it just that was the reality of it.
2: And I think that's, sometimes you're happier, I feel like, if you haven't read the material first, because then you can maybe it's it's just frustrating I'm a, i have a literature degree and i get frustrated about things so often that it's yeah <laughs>
0: then you get to a, the, yeah then you get to a point where i did though where it's mm-hmm. like handmaid's tale is coming out on tv yes i bought the book it okay. got kicked back into the queue of books for things i was reading huh. and now it's like well i don't want to now i gotta like push the book back up the queue now <laughs> or i just gotta say the hell with it and just watch the series as it is uh, or the, I'm just going to watch Westworld Season 3 when it comes out this weekend.
2: The show is its own thing. I've only seen a couple episodes, and that's because um, it's hard for me to watch as a woman and mm. as a rape victim at one point. Yeah. And it's, I feel just like it's easier to, for me to read it. It yeah. was a hard read. Mm. But you also can finish the book in an afternoon and then kind of be like, palate cleanse. Like, let me try to... This yeah. is a this is an important read, and then work it out of your system. Would you
0: say have the same issue if they went to that new Invisible Man movie that sort of apparently touches upon those kind of things?
2: I haven't seen too much about that actually. Yeah. I think I've heard whispers. Yeah, it's essentially
0: but... the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. but told from the perspective of one of his victims, as opposed of the the character himself, like the scientist who figures it out. Essentially. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Moss is like this kept woman who oh, lives okay. with this guy and she runs off and he kills himself or quote unquote right. kills himself yeah. but it turns out he's invisible and he's like stalking her and no yeah. one believes okay. him and they think she's paranoid it's right. apparently it's quite popular people really enjoyed it it was yeah. quite good but it's also scary so i don't know if that's like <laughs> that's
2: i think that's why i like heard about it and i'm like okay i saw the teaser and then i like repressed it i'm i'm just bad with horror um, um but i think i think there have been shows that i've Red, even if I haven't necessarily mm-hmm. watched them, um, Orange is the New Black apparently did oh, a yeah. wonderful job of telling that from the rape victim's perspective, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Game of Thrones, which really kind of put me off very early on, and I wanted to love yeah. it so bad. Obviously, I wound up watching the last two seasons because people in my apartment watched it, and it was a fun train wreck to to yeah. watch the last season. <laughs> Um, because everyone was furious, and even I, who had just been reading about it for years, because I couldn't mm. bring myself to watch it, was furious on behalf of all the all these people.
0: This is where my nerd biases come in, mm-hmm. right? Um, I like post apocalyptic fiction. Mm-hmm. I like like Westworld style dystopian future or like weird tech cyberpunk yeah. future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I struggle with what I would call high fantasy, hard fantasy, right. that's sort of like dragons and kingdoms and...
2: Political fl- intrigue.
0: Fur. Do you yeah. mean? A lot of fur. A lot of fur. A lot that. of fur and <laughs> blades. Like that. Yeah. For whatever. And I think that's why I struggle with something mm. like a Dungeons & Dragons because mm. I sort of roll my eyes when I'm like, there, elf, come battle. There's a, you know, you me, can like, talk I,
2: very normally and very <laughs> I wouldn't be
0: able to. No,
2: no, no. You can talk. Like, that's. I think that's the thing. It yeah. is no longer that... Perception, right, right of, right, of
0: course.
2: Um, yeah, it's funny how many things people will like name drop from, you know, our uh, uh, civilization, and we'll be like, oh, it's like that movie or that that you know move, you know, and you can play a modern day story sure. RPG mm-hmm. that is not Dungeons and Dragons in modern day. It also, you don't have to talk like that. You, I do a Long Island accent for one of my a long characters, and uh, she's actually. She's a failed uh, stand-up comic. Oh, in that in that conversation. In that universe. But uh, she she found this god called oh, uh, she found this god called the the jester, mm. and uh, now she goes around and she will either heal her friends. She's a cleric, mm. so she will heal her friends, or she will harm her enemies with terrible jokes. I just skirt. Mm. I sque- you know, I look on the internet for the worst jokes imaginable, mm. groanable. Awful, and then I I use them to either heal my friends or hurt my enemies, and it's that's pretty like, good. Yes. See, that's
0: that's more. You know, like, I I'm, I'm sort of joking around when mm-hmm. I sit here to do the voice. I feel like I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here to do the voice. <laughs> really awesome. but uh, I think it's it's just something that I've always sort of like find. I, I sort of struggle to let myself loose in front of other people right. in those scenarios. That's why yeah. I've been a lot of my, I guess you would call it like, um, escapist fantasy mm-hmm. tends to be like sort of Fallout stuff where this like that's deep, great. Yeah. super, like...
2: Intent, like in, super, beautifully done worlds. Yeah, that
0: I can sort of get lost in for a mm. couple hours because I, I mean, I mean, we talked about it in the pod. I got shingles two weeks ago. I, oh. I have a lot of stress and I oh, feel like geez, yeah. I, a big part of why I like like an open mm. world game like a Fallout or uh like that Horizon Zero Dawn mm-hmm. game I was showing you is I can just yeah. play it for a couple hours and just sort of escape. escape from it. And even that's my problem with the new Fallout game. Right. Is I'm just like, oh, this is fun and then there'll be like some... Fifteen-year-old kid running through, and be like, "I need bottle caps!" Ah, my God. See, that's
2: why I was like, I, <laughs> I, <kid. laughs> I got into Fallout Four um, more recently than everyone else who played Fallout Four. I'm guessing, um, and I really fell in love with it, even though yeah. it's got a lot of bugs. But
0: much like every Bethesda <laughs> game that's ever come out, especially yep. the last mm-hmm. two Fallout games, three in New Vegas, which I, I am one of those like, uh, like Fallout. Uh, purists will sit here and tell you that Fallout New Vegas is the one true Fallout game, and you should only play that one. And no, nah, I'm not mm-hmm. really going to tell you all that, but <laughs> I am. I do think that's the best one, yeah. so I always use that as like the one mm-hmm. that I go back and I have spent the most time with Fallout Four. But all those games were hated when they first came out. Yes, Fallout Three was sort of popular because right. it was like, oh look, it's it's a 3D version mm-hmm. now, right? It was it was like the Grand Theft Auto Three thing. Oh look, it looks different. Yeah. Now. Uh, but all those games are great, and then. Fallout 4 when it came out people were like this is it and then Fallout 76 came out and people hated it and they went back, went back to, to Fallout, Fallout 4 <laughs> and they were like hey you know what this isn't so bad this is alright yeah. I actually got a coffee
2: table book from uh, for Christmas from my boyfriend and it is Fallout 4 art and hmm. how they conceptually yep. came up with everything and it's it's kind of fun to flip through
0: that is I've said this this is one of the questions we've talked about in the pod before mm-hmm. is if you had license to use any intellectual property you could ever want to use what would you want to make, like, a television show or a movie about? And I always said, Fallout is probably number one. Like, an HBO Mm. series or, like, a... You know, like, a big budget, like, Netflix series about, like, Fallout. Like, a whole season as Mm -hmm. one of the games. Like, Fallout 1 is the Mm. first season. Fallout 2 is the second season. And blah, 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 blah. You have any IP you're very strongly connected to?
2: Yes, but I... uh, Probably any of the Robin McKinley books. Mm -hmm. um, It's very odd she's a i know we talked about this before Mm. youth fiction author i love youth fiction (laughs) it's my jam and um her stuff is so genius because every story is in such a different universe but the protagonist is always female and loves animals Mm. um she even did this awesome absolutely stunning uh retelling of beauty and the beast Mm. which actually feels very modern oh um even though it's technically not but it like the voices like you were saying the dungeon dragon's voices. what your perception is kind of our off-putting mm-hmm. the voice is very modern um and she just kind of like you would never know i feel like for the most part that these are the same these are all coming from the same mind and her stuff is just genius
0: Interesting. I've never heard, I've looked... I think we've talked about this name before. It sounds familiar-ish. And I can't remember who else would have brought this up to me. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know that I've mentioned it niece,
2: to you. My niece, maybe. But...
0: I don't know. Sorry. I um, yeah, but...
2: either that or uh, Megan Whalen Turner with the, the Thief series. Because that's mm. really fascinating to me. And it brings in a lot of Greek mythology. But it's not Greek. It's these countries that she invented. But it's basically <laughs> Greek and Roman and world building mm. in that way.
0: Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks where we have no school, it seems like. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and read some more stuff. So I have a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that I've been really invested into getting into reading again, and I'm hoping that that will... will
2: jumpstart, yeah. Well, jump jumpstart yeah. and mellow me out a
0: little bit. I want to do something more creative. I've been mean, a little... Mm-hmm. Especially with these next few weeks where I feel like every conversation right. we're going to have on this podcast is going to be about... Coronavirus.
2: It's impacting I, every part of life.
0: I, every every part <laughs> every of every single
2: part. Of hey, life. I saw you on
0: Twitter talking about you have podcast idea. What's your big podcast idea? You're so are you okay. not sharing it? Is this a private idea? Um,
2: well, it's something that I actually would love your advice about. Sure, because I love it. Hit this is it. my thing. I'm I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Mm, as don't as need no I, man. As I always tell my boyfriend, he also is, <laughs> um, and he agrees. But uh, my, my my biggest problem i think is asking for help Mm. and asking for people to come on Mm. um and so how did you bring your stable of people that you ask kind of into existence
0: well that's a great question uh i will say early on first off it helps that i am from here initially right it helps that my parents were teachers so they have Mm -hmm. weird connections all over the place people know them uh, it helps that I played in bands around here growing up right. and I know bartenders and music venue owners. That's how you meet somebody mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, Z Donaldson when we were oh, still yeah. close or like, uh, a Robin from, you know, from mm-hmm. the tram who yep. I love and like these people, you just run into them from that. But honestly, when I came back to Utica after Brooklyn, um, when I got into Made in Utica, when I was working with Justin, that was through Kevin. Right. And that network really helped right off the bat. Mm. But once you get a certain amount of people on the show...
2: Right. Then it'll kind of It generate... sort of
0: generates its own mm-hmm. content. So I used to send messages that essentially are like, hey, my name is Sam. I work for Made in Utica. I run this podcast called The Uticast. Would you ever be interested in coming mm-hmm. in on the talk? And that's the entire right. message. Not long, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would hit them with, like, I can do this whole thing in, like, 45 minutes. It's really right. low-key. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hanging out. Yeah, it's hanging out. And... For the most part, early on, people were friendly. This—it's one of the great things about Utica mm-hmm. and this area in general. It's big enough where there's tons of people like you guys at Players Utica yep. uh, doing your thing, having a, doing cool stuff, and you mm-hmm. know, trying to do cool stuff for the community. Right. Uh, but it's also not so big that I can't just call you and say, "Hey, Carrie, VP of Marketing and Development right. from Players I- Utica, <laughs> why don't you come down and chat me up about yeah. about this stuff?" So. I think with a town like this, and especially if you're going to focus mm-hmm. on, like, this area specifically, uh, you know, not saying you can't reach out farther, but when you're, yeah. s- when you're specifically dealing yeah. with a primary source area, it's not that hard because people want to talk about... And I've learned fun. that most people want to come talk about cool shit they're doing. Right. In, in general, right? Like, I, Yeah. Uh, so
2: my stuff is... My idea yeah. is not locally based, but I wanted to kind of find a way to bridge it and connect it to like my theater interests mm-hmm. and like all this stuff and so I think you saw on Twitter I'd asked people to send me cool lines from pretty much <laughs> yeah. any body of work
0: that's into, yeah, yeah the owls
2: are not what they see you know what that's from I did, I did know that, and then it somebody went out after knows. this long meeting. Somebody but look is, it up. Somebody it, knows what that I is. I was like, I did know that. Was like that was so familiar, and then think, I looked it up.
0: Do I have any paraphernalia? Yeah, from that, that is telev- the question. It's a television show. In case See, you folks are wondering,
2: this was. I was so burnt it's out. Twin Peaks. That's it's right. A, yeah. And somebody else sent me a different Twin Peaks quote as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and that was the Fire Walk with Me. That's yep. what I was like. I just yep. watched this two years ago for the first time in my life.
0: <sighs> did your boyfriend make you watch that?
2: No, my cousin. Uh, oh. She's actually in Scotland doing art stuff right now. Um, she is my New York City cousin and she she is fancier than the rest of us. I'll
0: tell you a funny quick a quick funny story yes. about Twin Peaks. I was it was in what I call the transition period. Mm-hmm. i had left Utica and I was living in a downstate New York in a place called Nyack, New York. I feel
2: like I've uh, seen Rockland that. Rockland County, yeah.
0: uh, NY Nyack. Yeah. Nyack, NYACK, Nyack. Nyack, New York. Nyack, 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 Nyack. Nyack, New York. Um and Nyack essentially had one Street one main right. thoroughfare street. It had a bunch of different bars, and I worked at a bar called Olives. If it's still there, go to Olives. It was a cool bar. I just liked it. Used mm-hmm. to have live music. Sort of the only you would have called it in that era the hipster bar. Right, right. Like it was next to the the Spanish That's restaurant cool. and next to the the frat boy bar and it was like it was the cool bar right Olive's an
2: interesting name for a concept for a bar
0: she was the lady oh, okay. olive was the woman because
2: i was thinking of like an olive and a martini or no something. no no okay
0: olive was the lady okay. who ran the gotcha. bar she was very cool and eccentric she had a a, a barbershop hmm. above the bar oh okay right but she also was running for mayor of nyack when i applied for a job interesting. so i remember meeting her and being like oh you're applying to wait tables i'm running for mayor i'm like Cool. It's
2: a wild world, man. (laughs) Dope.
0: Anyhow, uh, the guy who ran the bar there, I don't remember his last name. I think we're still friends on Facebook. His name was Mm. Eric. Mm
2: -hmm. Eric
0: had a handlebar mustache. He was very hip. He was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. (laughs) We used to argue about pavement and built to spill and all these hipster bands. Mm -hmm. And I remember him and one of his buddies were in there one day. It was just the three of us. And I was like, you know, cleaning up the tables. And him and his buddy were just going off about Twin Peaks, like okay, for like yeah. hours. Just mm-hmm. about what the greatest television show of all time. And yeah. David Lynch is a genius. <laughs> yeah. mean? And I'm sitting there and I was like, do I engage myself in this conversation? And they're like teasing me because I've right. never seen it. So then of course I went home and like binge watch yeah. the whole thing. It's to.
2: fascinating. Uh or not.
0: I, no,
2: like, I I, no, okay. I love I, like... I, I love
0: the show. I think it's <laughs> I think it's amazing. Okay,
2: uh, cool. I do
0: feel like I got like peer pressured into
2: watching it. I think I did too and it's so weird to watch it as i'm sure you experienced so long after yeah. it was it was the um. thing um, to come to, I was like, "Oh, this is very fascinating." Here's
0: the thing: I don't think it's that weird <laughs> of a show now. No, in but for context,
2: when it, for when it came out, that was wild.
0: Yeah, but when you're watching the first two seasons, and if you can keep in your mind that yeah. this was up against Cheers in 1991, oh, that's so like weird. that's the show that that's it was so playing.
2: bizarre. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: this would never happen today.
2: How did they get that uh, made? I don't know. He must. He must have. The, they must have just responded to it.
0: The new season of Twin Peaks that came out not too long ago mm-hmm. was just—it was so good. It was okay, cool. It's, I didn't see the new one. <laughs> it is not. I've said this before. It is not a closure on the series. It will no. not answer all your questions. No. If you thought it was going to, you don't know David Lynch it very well. It should not
2: answer any questions. <laughs> That's not his mo.
0: Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I'm gonna get off Twin Peaks. People have sick of me talking about Twin Peaks. Um, I just want to say one more thing yeah. about players before we move on to some lightning round questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're doing your VP of marketing development stuff over there. You're doing a lot of grant writing over there. I see. How's that? Well, we're
1: trying. We, <laughs> we try to
2: venture into the foray. Um, actually, I think we're applying for a Google Ad Grant for mm. a nonprofit. Cool. And actually, cool. Allie Priori headed that up because yep. she had done that before. Mm. Um, so that was really helpful. But we've done, you know, we've applied for stuff at the community foundation. We'll be applying for stuff in the future with the community foundation. Mm-hmm. But I think we're we're trying to hopefully after things settle down. And we kind of figure out what's happening with our season, um, yeah. with everything being up in the air right now. Yeah, um, We can figure out what projects we can actually do. Um, it's just a very weird time yeah. we're living in. It
0: is. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, go to... Uh, there's an article I read in the Observer Dispatch mm-hmm. from last week. It was really nice about yeah. you guys. It was called The Curtain Rises on Players Theater. It was by Lynn Michelin. It was quite good. I read oh, yes.
2: yeah. really? it. Oh, yes. I edited it. Um, nice but, work. But she, <laughs> she pulled together... Um, our nominations committee um, has like five people and yeah. she pulled together all these different ideas and things that people have done over the years at the theater and just try to make it into this package to, to explain to people. Because we're looking for board members. yeah. So we're looking for, of course, um, retirees because they, they have the time during the day to do the things that working mm-hmm. folks cannot do. But we're also looking for younger folks as well. Um, anybody who's willing to... Uh, Kind of get up there and make things happen.
0: And before we get to lightning round questions, where can yes. people reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you? I see you on Twitter at c underscore. Yes, I think
2: uh, my current handle is scary carry. Scary which I, I did like long before Halloween, but then I'm like, well, I'm just keeping it. It just it's it's accurate.
0: <laughs> I was Doctor Sleep for like a year on there, and then the movie came out, and nobody liked it. So like, I'm gonna change
2: yeah, it. Yeah, kind of it. soured in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm on um uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, so as players is on facebook twitter and instagram now which has been a cool venture
0: and i will link everything (laughs) on there uh one last question before we get the lightning round do you feel bad are you annoyed now that you paid off your student loans right before the coronavirus threw the world into a state of shock and you probably wouldn't have to in like six months oh
2: god i still have one more i do still have uh one more bundle and i think it's got probably a year's worth of uh time to go on it so it would still it would still help
0: <laughs> Bro, how mad are you going to be when they just clear all those students? I'm own not going to be. You know what? <laughs> I know. <I'm> honestly, my <laughs> I know. friend. I have
2: a friend in Denmark, and he was asking me this a few months ago, and I'm like, honestly, I could Happy care night. less because. No one should have to deal with yeah. what everyone who has ever had yeah. a student debt has yeah. to deal with.
0: I've had people ask me the same question, like, "How are you going to feel about this?" I'm like, "I'll feel happy that people won't have to yeah. go through what I went through, and I'll be happy that I had the means to do it, whereas some people didn't." Right? I, like that's right. those are the two. It's, I'm not I can a jerk. Yeah. I mean,
2: I feel like <laughs> exactly. it, how selfish do you have to be? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you rule the time that you could have been saving money, mm. but like I could have gone to Fordham. Like, I got into Fordham. Mm. I got rejected from SU. Mm-hmm. Got into Fordham.
0: Ford, Syracuse is hard to get in, actually. They're, is it? Okay. Yeah, their, I didn't their know that. Their acceptance rate is quite low.
2: But, I mean, I got into Fordham, but I couldn't go because I figured that would probably be, like, $100,000 and over yeah, probably, a couple years. Probably. So.
0: It's, like, uh, it's pretty high. I, I yeah. When I was working for Young Scholars, um, mm-hmm. I used to have, like, the lists of...
2: The most expensive yeah.
0: like colleges in New mm-hmm. York. I want to say Fordham's in like your top ten in New York State.
2: It would have been rough. It would. It would have been rough. It would have been prestigious. It's but no it Vassar.
0: Vassar is number one. <laughs> if you're oh, trying God. to don't blow your money on Vassar kids. Oh, uh, all right. So mm-hmm. let's do lightning round questions. These are not the same six questions we ask everybody because you've been on the show multiple times. Uh, so let's start with this one. Uh, who would you cast to play you in the movie of your life? Who would you oh, cast to play you in the movie? Of your life? Hmm.
2: Somebody quirky, because I'm a lot of different characters in one.
0: Hmm. I'm um, trying to think of the first quirky actress that comes to mind is like a Drew Barrymore type.
2: Or a Zoe Deschanel.
0: Zoe Deschanel. Um,
2: she would probably, that would probably be pretty accurate. Um, we did <laughs> just watch um, Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, yeah. And as we were watching it, because my boyfriend was like, you need to watch this movie. It's and then, good. Um, but. Literally, Emma Stone's character is me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe her, but like she did a very good portrayal, and we both realized simultaneously that this character is basically me. Yeah.
0: That movie, uh, that movie is funnier than he will give it credit for. It's a oh, really yeah. funny movie. It is I, a very funny movie. My thing is, people think it's like a romantic comedy. I'm like, it's a comedy that it's has not some a romance romance romantic in it. comedy. <laughs> it's not. Really. Um,
2: also, he was like afterwards. He's like, I didn't realize how badly that aged
0: <laughs> their oh. aspects. <laughs> well, you know. What? What did we just watched. We just talked about this. I was just watching Friends. Oh, okay. And, yeah, Friends, is and every, yeah, Friends is another one. And Friends is another one that's like, they drop a lot of like, yeah. that's gay stuff yeah. real casually in like 1998, 99. Well, even in
2: the early 2000s, yeah. you rewatch anything and yeah. people are throwing around the R word yep. and stuff. Yep. And I yep. Yep. just, you're like, wow, this was okay mm-hmm. at one point. What the hell we
0: thinking? All right, move on. To the next, let me get What's your favorite? Who's your favorite fictional villain? Your favorite fictional villain? villain? Mm. It's been a tough question since we added it to the roster. People struggle with this one. There's a Um, lot of good ones. uh,
2: Man, there's too many good things (laughs) that are written. The villains have the best lines. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I'll I'll tell you, this question has thrown Mm -hmm. a lot of people. I think... The quest- it becomes the new question uh our new people feel like you need to win this category question. Right. Don't kill yourself
1: if you can't no, think of it. No, okay. I,
2: I guess I will say I've played two villains now in the past year, mm. and I will say of those two fictional villains, um, probably the Bandit King from mm. The Trail to Oregon. Oh! Because I was a very rapey cowboy dude, and I had to stuff, mm. and uh, people who know me and have known me for years did yeah. not know it was me. Huh. So. That
0: was fine. good. Interesting.
2: He was, he was, he's a real creeper and he's really ugly and he thinks he's very <laughs> attractive. So he is that man.
0: I love it. Uh, I was going to go with Skeletor again. Like I always Oh, do. yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite, uh, your favorite single fast food item? French fries. Any particular place? McDonald's, Burger
2: I, any place with crinkle fries, which is mm. like a hard commodity. I feel like they only Nicky bring Doodles
0: them out for the, yeah, but
2: now they're yes. like not in Utica anymore. That's true. So. Um, yeah, any place with crinkle fries, but I feel like they hold off till summer for that, so
0: I gotta wait for bosses. What's a possession, a single possession you own that you could never get rid of?
2: Books.
0: (laughs) Just books in general, just overall books? books. in general.
2: I had, like, five books I took Mm. when I did study abroad in Greece, and, Mm. uh, yeah, those are
0: well-thumbed. Uh, what's a movie, and people don't do this anymore, what's a movie you'll always stop and watch if you were theoretically flipping channels?
2: Um, Braveheart's always a one. Braveheart. It's always a good time. I mean, it's not a good time, but you you kind of have to watch it, even though you're like Mel Gibson's an asshole. But hey.
0: here's a really <laughs> if you if you feel that way, yeah. Uh, here's a really good YouTube channel for you. Mm-hmm. You might have seen this. There's a History Channel, a YouTube channel called History Buffs, mm. and it's a guy who watches historical movies and talks about whether the events in them are real or not. Right. And he takes Braveheart to task. While also (laughs) being frustrated that he's enjoying the movie. Because it's it's so so good. (laughs) Historically inaccurate. Oh, absolutely. I'll send you the link after we're done. It's actually quite good. It's a good watch. Um, And I guess I have one more for you. Oh, board game for you that I used to play as a kid. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to throw it at you. Are you familiar with the board game? It is a video cassette board game called Nightmare. No. Okay. Look this one up when you get home. Nightmare was a 90s game. The idea was it was a horror-themed game. Mm -hmm. uh, Like you're in a cemetery and you play like the Wolfman and the Vampire. Mm -hmm. But there's a a VHS tape Hmm. that you put in the TV. To
2: go along with it. To go along with it. And it's
0: got like a timer. Right. So at various intervals while playing the game, something will happen on the screen Mm -hmm. that impacts things that are happening on the game. Right. I never understood, in hindsight, why you ever play the game more than once then. Because you've already seen the video. This is a different time. But I'm gonna. Sh- I'll send you the video for that yeah, too. Yeah, I'll funny. send you nightmare. What was the one I, What was the other one? I was gonna send you history buffs. I will yes. to send you both of those before you leave.
2: Nightmare sounds like a. There's a new, newer game now which you play with your cell phone called Werewolf, which sounds exactly like this.
0: My kids. Eh, but you
2: can yeah. play it multiple times mm-hmm. because everybody changes. Yeah. Yeah, this is not they the same thing. They figured out the playable... Well, okay. All right. All right. I, I, I will show you... I'm just saying conceptually the overarching. You play something <laughs> while you're playing something on the table. I'm
0: going to show you this video before I let okay. you leave today. Oh, God, I, right. I got to show it to you. Uh, all right. And uh, last but not least, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
2: Uh, basically, the... Uh, uh, what are they called? Graphic novels for The Adventure Zone with the McElroy Brothers mm. and Dad.
1: Mm. Clint
2: McElroy. They're okay. really fun. Mm. And again, it's another group that are making D and D very accessible and very modern and very fun and stupid. <laughs>
0: uh, there's a wrestling guy on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier Woods, who does a video game channel called Up, Up, Down, Down. Yes, but I he, think
2: I've heard of that. But he yeah. also
0: does, like, I think a weekly, like, mm-hmm. they do a D and D, like, an ongoing D and D story on their YouTube yeah. channel. It's quite good. It's also weird because it's like these mm-hmm. very impeccably, like, muscular giant yes. professional wrestlers doing yep. it, which I always find very. Intriguing. <laughs> Joe
2: is a huge D D fan. So is Vin Diesel Jim and Angello,
0: uh, also a huge Pee Wee Herman fan. Oh there you go. <laughs> He's in the Pee Wee Herman movie. Ever see no oh, i am bad at Pee Wee Herman. I, won't.
2: I tried to watch it as an adult. My buddy uh, Mike Minor like tried to show it to me. And he's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have watched, maybe I shouldn't have made you watch this as an adult. Much like Twin Peaks. <laughs>
0: One of those things you go back and look at with like adult eyes, you're like, man,
2: we're, we had this on TV in
0: 1990.
2: Yeah. <laughs> in the 90s. I just was like, I, I I, enjoy a lot of kids' shows. I could not connect to Pee Wee Herman in a way. I was like, I missed the window. I feel like there's a window for that.
0: The show itself is something different. Yes. I do like the movie. Okay. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. hmm is still funny. That movie's whole. It's a Tim Burton movie. It's still. Yeah. It's. Oh, it's also when Tim Burton was still like you know trying. He was, he was doing different things, he was doing he was stuff, work yeah. and chopping it up and seeing uh, what went. All right, listen. I've already kept you longer than I said I was going to keep you. I do want to show you that thing before I let you leave. <laughs> so let's uh, one more time. Uh, Carrie Bostick, VP, Marketing Development of Players of Utica. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't know why it took us so long to have you back on.
2: Oh, well, it's lovely to be here. <laughs> and again,
0: we'll, and again, when you find out what's going on for dates and yeah. changing, just let us know. Obviously, follow uh, Players of Utica on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yep. wherever you guys are. Keep in, they'll obviously be posting stuff to keep everyone in touch. Yes. But uh, listen, if this is the last guest we have, it's been a pleasure. Hey,
2: we'll keep the ghost light on. That's I'll hit all I love. The there, yeah, there you go. That's what we're allowed to
0: do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Carrie we'll be back to the show
1: songs they did one for A one for B one uh, for C most skippable all the way Beatles down song. yeah yeah and people were apoplectic so they did another one most unskippable Beatles songs afterwards most skippable Beatles but one Beatles for songs. but they did but it was like one for each letter that they had like there's no Z for either. What's your most
0: skippable. single most skippable Beatles? Oh, there's tons. ob la No. That's pretty it's pretty skippable for me. Yeah, for sure. Miss there's me there's out like there's even more.
1: Because like, mm. when they go through the list there's plenty of
0: stuff you see where you're like, "Oh yeah, this is trash." What's the most popular Beatles song that you would say not nah, skip it?
1: Numerous. Um, uh, let It Be? Let It Be's up there. Let It Be? Let It Be was on their list of most skippable. Hey Jude? Uh, was also on their list of most... No, I think the Linda McCartney version of Hey Jude. Hey Jude was on both lists.
0: Long Winding Road? Uh, no. I, I don't love a lot of the, the sappier Beatles songs, uh, I guess. Sure. I like when they're jangling. A little jangle yeah, pop. Yeah. A little jangle. Let those boxes shine. <laughs> um... We went really long in the first segment. Of the interview is long, so okay. we won't kill ourselves with history lessons here too much. Yeah, it's whatever. But, um,
1: people, I mean, listen, hey, people need content. People, <laughs> people need, need content. content.
0: Uh, on this day, 19, uh, 1751, dear God. Uh, James Madison. Oh, when did we start recording? Before the Beatles thing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh. Yeah, skip a Beatles song. I, I hey, was... welcome. We're back. Yeah, thanks we're back. to Carrie. Um, thanks <laughs> uh, to the podcast. Yeah. By the way, I, thanks I, to Sam for telling me we hit play. Record. I I thought you noticed. You were what doing did, I the oh, did I say? Did I give any Beatles takes? Yeah, Beatles takes. Oh Beatles. boy. Um, no,
0: I I joke when I said that to Carrie she might be the last guest we ever have. My joke was that I don't know how many people are going to be
1: willing to come in studio going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. at least no, not I for the you. next yeah. few weeks. I hear you. Um, you know what I've noticed has been crazy on a couple podcasts I listen to, um, where they've been doing like, oh, we're quarantined, but we're gonna do our podcast. Like, you know, if we didn't li- if we didn't both like live at the yeah. same house where we record this show, people have been doing it on Google Chats. Yep. And it sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds perfect. And to be fair, these people all have money, so I'm sure they've got like nice like microphones and setups and everything. Anyway, but yeah. I was really surprised. If I had a better computer,
0: I would sure. do more stuff like that. This laptop is in such a bad state that right. be so hard to get real content yeah, out yeah. of it. The board's um, made out of wood. I wrote something down here Mm -hmm. and now I can't can't make out what I wrote. All right, I'll come back around to it later. All right, anyway, so on this day, 1751. uh, Thank you again to Kerry, by the way. Kerry Bostic, Players to go Support what they're doing. Players.org. All right. Uh, James Madison, father of the Constitution, is born. Uh, He helped found the American Whig Society, the Second Literary and Debate Society at Princeton University. By 1776, he had sufficiently uh, recovered from early health concerns to serve three years in the legislation of the new state of Virginia, which he had, uh, where he would come to know and admire a man by the name of Thomas Jefferson. In his capacity, he assisted with the drafting of the Virginia Declaration of Religious Freedom and the critical decision for Virginia to, succeed, to cede its western lands to the Continental Congress. Uh, James Madison is best remembered for his critical role in the Constitutional Convention of 18, uh, 1787, where he presented the Virginia Plan which is different than the New Jersey plan and I forget which one's which. It's a number it's about a delegates thing. The Virginia one. Virginia's about delegate. Okay. Cool.
1: No, I just mean it's the one about Virginia.
0: Yes. <laughs> it oversaw the difficult process of negotiation and compromise that led to the drafting of, uh, drafting of the final uh, constitution. Mm-hmm. He also uh, collaborated with John Jay and Alexander Hamilton on the Federalist Papers, a series of pamphlets that argued for the acceptance of the new government. Mm-hmm. His wife, Dolly Madison, was uh, proven to be D.C.'s finest hostess during the early years of her time as secretary to Thomas Jefferson and then the first lady to the fourth president of the United States. She's most well-known, though, for saving a portrait of George Washington as she fleed the burning White House during the War of 1812. Mm. That's the famous story. Shout out to Dolly Madison. Shout out to Dolly Madison. Uh, After retiring from his official political positions, uh, Madison served... Uh, as the beloved university head for the University of Virginia, uh, it was renamed Madison College in 1976. Sorry, the State Teachers College at Harrisburg. So that would become James Madison College, named after him. James Madison, the fourth president, usually the last president I can name without having to look up in a row who comes afterwards. It's, like, it's uh, Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe is five.
1: Monroe then Quincy Adams.
0: Then Quincy Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There you go. So is Jaden Madison on dollars? Is he on money?
1: Uh, he is not, in the that not com- on the dollar. Not on the dollar, certainly. It continues to be George Washington. Now I understand that. <laughs> um, is he Do on, you? Is he on cash? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he's on cash. Unless it's on, like, one of those obscure bills they used to make, but I don't think so.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you start getting into the real high-currency bills. You're like, wait, who? Mm-hmm. What? This guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on this day, 1742, the very first St. Patrick's Day parade was held in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Patrick himself was born to a Christian family of Roman citizenship, uh, and he took... He was taken prisoner at the age of 16 by a group of Irish raiders who attacked his family's estate. Mm -hmm. Uh, They transported him to Ireland, where he spent six years in captivity before escaping. Believing he had been called by God to Christianize Ireland, uh, he joined the Catholic Church and studied for 15 years uh, before being consecrated as the church's second missionary. He began his mission to Ireland in 432, and by his death in 461, the island was almost entirely Christian. Um... Early Irish settlers to the American colonies began the Irish tradition of celebrating St. Patrick's Day. The first recorded parade was held in New York in 1762. uh, And with the dramatic increase of Irish immigrants to the U.S. in the mid-19th century, the celebration became widespread. Today across the U.S., millions of Americans of Irish ancestry celebrate the culture, identity, and history by celebrating St. Patrick's Day and engaging in general revelry. How was your, did you enjoy some general revelry on the weekend?
1: Uh, I, I tried, man. For For me personally, the pall of the uh, coronavirus stuff kind of hung pretty heavily over yeah. the day for me. It was kind of annoying. And like, we're out there and it was cold because they were going to have us play inside because it was going to be a smaller thing. Yeah, yeah. We elected to play outside so we could like have a little bit better ventilation, a little bit better space. Um, No, I didn't really, it was, it was fine. I had a fine day, but like no, generally I didn't really enjoy it being out there. Yeah. I would have preferred to have that one back, but one of the main reasons we pushed through, even though we knew it was going to be, be uh, not a great day, is that I probably that had to get paid. Nice show. Nice to get paid, you know what I mean? Nice to grab that extra, you know, few hundred dollars or whatever you per had, guy. If you had to guess, yeah.
0: when do you think your next show will be?
1: Uh, hard to say, right? Because we do a couple weddings. We do weddings, so I don't know what people are going to do about postponing weddings. I know we've got a wedding in May. This is probably our next booked one. Um, It'll be a while Fuck. It'll be a while it Might be the, the opening Saranac Thursday of the year In May, at the end of May, I think It's fucking wild Yeah, man Yeah, I don't know It's gonna be interesting Alright, so let me see what I can do Here we'll get through the next
0: one 1911 is our next one mm-hmm. On this day, Irving Berlin Copyrights the biggest pop song of the earliest 20th century This is an interesting one mm-hmm. um, So a century ago Uh, There was already a burgeoning music industry in the U.S. based not on the sale of recorded uh, musical performance, but on the sale of sheet music. Uh, It was in the medium of printed paper that songs generally gained popularity in the first two decades of the 20th century. And no song gained greater popularity in that era than Irving Berlin's song Alexander's Ragtime Band. I'm going to try and pull it up here for you. Copyrighted Mm -hmm. on March 18, 1911. Uh, the multi-million selling smash hit turned America's pop, uh, poppy music into a major international phenomenon, both culturally and economically. Uh, I like that idea, by the way, that you can, um, that like sheet music, you just selling it. Here's the track. I'm going to try and pull it up here for you. I didn't remember the song. i never, it's just a little ditty. It's like a soundless thing, but it's in the Titanic soundless. soundtrack. There's the track. That's all it is, really. Yeah, it's on the Titanic soundtrack. It's, there's a movie called Alexander's Ragtime Band based on this performance of this song in a movie. But there you go. So Alexander's Ragtime Band. Uh, people first encountered this generally when it was played on a piano by a friend or a family member. Uh, this was the way that songs caught on in the era before radio, and part of what made this song catch on was that it was very, very non-complex. It was really easy to play, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to other quote-unquote ragtime songs in that era which were a little bit more... Um, you needed a little more talent to play. more chops. A little more chops, yeah. yeah. Uh, Though it gained worldwide popularity purely as a piece of printed sheet music, uh, innumerable recorded versions of the track would soon follow, particularly after lyrics were added to what was originally an instrumental tune, which is kind of cool. Some of Irving Berlin's later contributions to the American popular canon, songs like White Christmas, God Bless America, and There's No Business Like Show Business, uh, eclipsed even the massive success of this. However... This song itself allowed him to make that money and start off putting other tracks out. Right, pretty wild to think about the era. Like as guys who grew up playing music and like care a lot about like writing music and the importance of music, I can't imagine what it would have been like to go buy like, sheet music and that was it. All oh, the new track styles. go get that new sheet music out, so we can We're play it check at out home. The sheet music.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can play it yeah. at home and see
0: what it sounds like, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know if it was right. Necessarily, Right? If you're reading the sheet music, I
1: guess... You can get it to within, like, 95% because everything... You know, sheet music has got tempo. Times, yeah. It's got... It's got how hard you're supposed to play everything. But... Yeah. When you were saying the thing, like, basically, him doing this on the sheet music is what got him... God... Mm. um, Him doing this with the sheet music is, is what got him to have to do more popular things afterwards. Um, yeah. That's the equivalent of, basically, like, if Kanye West had never made the beat to H to the Izzo... <laughs> We it's never would have had comparison. my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. <laughs> the album. An excellent show. You know, right? It's that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I actually I love old timey music stories from this era. Like from this like yes. early era of music. Yeah, yeah. Just like it felt very um It felt very mercenary almost. Right? Like I was I was actually just I, I put a song on the Twitter this week. It was I just it was just like uh The coronavirus love song, and it's a song called um, Ain't Misbehavin'. And the whole lyrics, the whole song is like, I don't go out. I have no place to go. just sit around my house and listen to the radio. And that's like sort of the joke. But if you watch a video of it, it's this guy performing the song in a movie in the 1920s. It's like, Mm. oh, yeah, word, you want this song? Got to put me in the movie. Got to find a scene Mm. where we're in a club somewhere where I can play this three-minute interlude and people will go wild.
1: Mm. What a time. What a time to be alive. 1910s. 1910s, uh, 1910s, famous for the 1918 flu pandemic. Very true. The Spanish flu. The Spanish in flu. In 1918, they it's killed coming. mad people. Yeah, it's coming. So go read about that. Uh,
0: following that, in 1931, Nevada legalized gambling in an attempt to lift the state out of the hard times of the Great Depression. Uh-huh. Located in the Great Basin, a uh, few settlers chose to live in Nevada after the U.S. acquired Wait, the territory. are you talking
1: about the downtown casino or are you talking about the 1930s? 1930s. Oh, okay, because I wasn't sure if you were talking about the downtown casino, where the percentage trying to legalize gambling in downtown Utica hey, to pull us out of the coming Depression.
0: few settlers <laughs> chose to live in downtown Utica after the acquisition of the downtown casino in 2021. Uh, in 1859, however... The discovery of the Comstock load of gold and silver spurred the first substantial number of settlers into Nevada to exploit the region's mining opportunities. Exploit is the proper word. Yes, it is. Uh, Within five years, it was hastily made, the 36th state, in order to, quote-unquote, strengthen the union with dope gold Mm -hmm. and silver. With all that gold. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Quote-unquote, strengthen the union. Yeah, quote-unquote. Yeah. At the beginning of the
0: Depression, Nevada's mines were in decline, and the economy was in shambles. Uh, However... um, the state legislator responded to population flight by taking the dramatic measure of legalizing gambling and also divorce, which I think weird. It's like, we should legalize gambling. And then one guy who's like, and divorce. It's like, all right, Steve, fine. Whatever you want. Divorce. Uh, I'm trying to go to Vegas one of these days. I don't know if we'll ever be allowed to go now
1: because of the virus. Well, I think we probably will.
0: I like you guys want to go. to talk about
1: the panic and the fear mongering. That's it right there. Just saying yeah. Uh, no, I, it's one of those places on my
0: list. I, I'm not a huge gambler. I like the thrill of gambling, but I don't I'm, like losing the money.
1: Yeah, yeah, not into it. Not into the game I'm, I'm not a gambler. I know. I know you're not. Not a gambler. Uh,
0: all right. So that's what I had on that end. I mean, we can just do the bits from other blogs and call it a day because we went really long in the first segment. Was there anything else? Uh, no, let's just do bits from other blogs. And we'll call it a day. It's been a long show. Want to want to take a break? Sure. All right. This is one that we actually asked Carrie during her interview. Oh. Uh, it's crazy. Well, because it, it came up in conversation, so I wanted to bring it up. And I, I put it down specifically for you. Mm-hmm. When you are reading a book, Kevin, that hasn't already been adapted into a film or TV show. Yeah. First time you read it. Oh. Are the mental images of the characters you're reading uh, portrayed by real people or fake people?
1: Uh, usually an amalgamation of the both, I would say. Mm. Um, it, it can be either. It'll be for me, it, it's both. It's more likely that the places are places that I already know that I read about mm, in books than specifically characters. Um, characters can be, it'll be whatever weird thing strikes me, and something will get assigned a value to be kind of like somebody I know or mm. sort of like something. But characters are a little more freeform than settings are. Whereas anytime I read a book, I'm really into the setting. In my head, is usually loosely based on a setting in uh, in life or the world. Well, especially if it's a book that doesn't. Like, sometimes you read like
0: an old Stephen King book, and Stephen King will tell you what the character looks like. He was a slumped over guy with a.
1: I usually face. a lot of times I blow right past. Blow that right type past stuff too. To yeah, depending yeah. on the description, because if the character's actions more trigger me or remind me of somebody, and they don't have to be spot on, but just something. Something that sounds, you know, kind of familiar. Something that's just sort of... It's like a little thing will remind me of somebody, and I kind of ascribe that value to the person or place when I'm reading.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think when I've already seen... Like, again, The Shining is the obvious one we've talked about a million times. I could not read The Shining without seeing Jack Nicholson in it at this point in time. So it sort of... I don't want to say it ruined that book for me, but it mm, definitely... I see nothing
1: but Stephen Weber.
0: see it definitely... <laughs> A huge Stephen Webermark. mark, but it left definitely left an imprint on the book. Whenever I read it, in a way that I can't. Yeah, that stuff. That stuff is pretty it.
1: inevitable if you've seen um, something first.
0: I can't imagine though. This is I can't imagine like I didn't read The Martian the first time and imagine that it was Matt Damon or Brad Pitt playing The Martian. And when The Martian came out as a movie, I was like Matt Damon, really? I don't know if that's exactly who I had pictured in my mm. head when yeah, I yeah. read this. But then by the time I watched the movie, I was like, actually, he was pretty good in terms of yeah. that role. But yeah, I think that's the closest I always, example. I
1: think I don't always picture people. Correct. I don't look like, when I'm reading about a character, I don't think I always picture like their face. As more of as like a, like generalities, you know what I mean? The character exists more of an abstract in my mind as I'm digesting the story than it does like, oh, I can picture so and so character's face. And that changes sometimes more than others, you know what I mean? As different characters resonate higher or lower than others, but uh, no, I think you're
0: right. Uh, and I think we'll save the other one because we're already at 16 minutes. Um, okay. All right, yeah. So we've made it through the end of the first episode where we're in quarantine, the quarantine cast.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: just be safe out there and do nice things for your parents. If your parents are around and they're Yeah, check on your infirm-ass parents. And doing nice things includes not going over there and bringing all your damn germs that's a great point don't go over there bringing them germs but make sure they don't have to go to the grocery store or anything like that either you should be taking care of not just like your parents you know what i mean but like older relatives you have older friends mentors people you might have anybody in the at-risk demographic keep in mind any friends and family you might have that are immunocompromised for whatever reason um you know what i mean like shout out to some people i know who have some different like autoimmune disorders and things like that who are also highly at risk right now um and take care of yourself and don't go rush to the hospital if you don't need to Uh, call first, if you're not in that at-risk demographic. My sister's a respiratory therapist. This is a respiratory disease. She's on the front lines at the large hospital that she works Mm -hmm. at. Um, you know, and this is, like, for them, it's like storms coming. You know what I mean? It's basically practically a hurricane prep. Like, it's gonna be wild. Um, understand what people mean when they say flatten the curve and do your best to take part in that. Uh, I'm not gonna describe it here, but you can find plenty of infographics that describe exactly what that is. But that's, that's the thing now. It's coming, it's already coming, um... You're probably gonna get it. We're all probably gonna yeah. get it. You know, they say they estimate up to like, you know, fifty to seventy percent of the population. We're gonna get it. Uh, just take care of yourself, you know what I mean? Be be as healthy as you can. Yeah. Um, and if you're off from work for an extended period of time, if you're quarantined for an extended period of time, your life's gonna change. Um, look at this as the unique opportunity that it is to do mm-hmm. do something. Whatever that means to you, whatever you do with it, you know, take take advantage of it and try to make the best of a troubling situation, you know what I mean? And you know, I don't know. I think that was really well said. You're totally right. Uh, hey, thanks. Huh? Hey, thanks. Hey, you're welcome. Hey.
0: Uh, no, I again look out for the people who are important to you and care and you care about. Be you know, vigilant, like be aware of what's stay going on. off social on. media. Yeah, stay off social it's media. gonna be
1: wicked hard, um, but it's not gonna do you any good to be cooped up in your house reading panicked reactionaries on Twitter.
0: Uh or yeah, no, I think you're totally right, because it's you easy know. to fall in that trap, too. Wild old folks yeah. on
1: Facebook, too.
0: Yeah, I think your brother had a good comment on Twitter. It was essentially just like... My brother's amazing on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow.
1: If you if you follow one person on Twitter, follow my brother, big underscore sol underscore ink. Yeah. A lot of great new dad tweets, everything like that. He's, he's good. He, he's really... Apparently, he's just
0: getting in lots of fights on Facebook now that he's home. He loves it.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> he loves he's, it. He's never been one to comment on Facebook, and he gets on now and he just loves like wading into it and he can't help himself and i won't tell him this because it'll it'll go right to his head and encourage him but somebody came up to me pretty recently like i saw your brother say the funniest thing in the world on some facebook post about like garbage bags or whatever and i know it probably was because he's always funny on the internet
0: your brother's outrageous and in real life i have to get him on here sometime to talk about new dad life eventually i don't know yeah yeah we should i'm
1: also i'm gonna see if i can get my sister down here to talk uh pandemic from the healthcare field you know what i mean anytime Uh, So, going forward, uh, next few weeks, I don't know exactly what we have on
0: the dockets going forward. I know Heather's probably not going to be here for the next few weeks, it seems like. Yeah. She seems pretty
1: committed to... So, standard schedule there. (laughs) So, everything's What's up, Heather? If you're listening to the show, what's Um, up? up? I'm not going to stop talking shit until you come stop me. You were totally right, by the way. Justin not going
0: to be here for wrestling or for... They just, dude,
1: they just drove through from, like, Atlanta, Georgia overnight. Yes. He's not coming back. Uh, So, next week, what we'll do... He'll come in here all frenzied at, like, midnight.
0: Hey, what's going on? <laughs> so next week what we'll do, uh, okay. if I can get him here for next week. Sure. Uh, I have concocted a, a list. We're going to do the, the brackets. We're gonna do, everyone's doing brackets right now. For Are they? Yeah. For all the podcasts I'm listening to, we're doing brackets, I think. See. So we're going to do the binge TV brackets between the three of us. We'll get three people in here. We will have no ties because only three of I don't us. know if he's
1: a good. You know what the problem is with him for that? Watch. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction. Spoiler alert for next All week. Right, it's fine. There will be shows where he'll be like, well, I don't like either of them, so I'm not voting. And he won't say it there were' like, oh, they're both trash. Oh, they're both trash. I'm not going to vote. They're both trash. Mark my words. You want to get someone first? else in? No, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you. Can we get somebody else in? No, nobody can come. He shouldn't come. <laughs> he shouldn't we're, come. We're, <laughs> we're, we're quarantined. We're quarantined. He's already been here once today. I know. Um,
0: yeah, I would say so we'll do that next week we'll do the first nice. we'll do the first round. I got it broken down. We'll
1: still talk more. There's going to be a lot of shit that's going to I mean yeah, it won't take the whole this time. notion just because we're like quarantined, uh, the news isn't going to stop. There'll be plenty to talk about by the time next week comes around. Um I feel like we'll probably end up adopting a format of uh, more serious talk up front and then yeah. a lot of chicanery on the back half.
0: Yeah, that's probably that seems like spot the format. On. That yeah. seems
1: like where it's going to be. Well, I mean, it'll change as we go forward, and we'll play it by ear.
0: But, uh, yeah, I would say that's probably about right. Serious stuff up front, party in the back, like a mullet. This podcast will be like a mullet going forward. Um, I quit. All <laughs> right, And, uh, again, go to uh, utcany.org uh, to check out, or go to their Facebook to check out my uh, episode of Uptown Saturday Night. From yeah, weekend. yeah, so you a lot of hosted
1: fun. the live improv show, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, fun. Yeah. Had a lot, I had a lot of fun. Sliding in. I like how you just jumped the line. You didn't join no improv troupe. You didn't do anything. You just come in as the host. Well, it's funny too. Just jump the line. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I see. I'll close. the end of funny. <laughs>
0: I'll close out at the end of this actually, because I said this to Devin after he asked me. I was like, you know, I'm not funny, right? He's like, you're funny. I'm like, ah, I'm, maybe I'm charming. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'm a whole, a laugh riot. Did you know, a-
1: I'll think of it as soon as we're done with this podcast. But like, you're funny in the sense that like you're a specific ingredient. If I'm writing my script. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not you're not the primary center funny guy, you're the guy who's like a more unique flavor to bring to the funny. You know what (laughs) I mean? And like it's still funny, but it's just got its
0: uses. I just I wouldn't consider myself to be a dude like I I think I can think of a million of my friends who I find to be much more like on the ball comically funny. We got some funny friends though. We do have we do have some funny friends. friends. Uh, but it's funny because it's supposed to be a comedy show, but ostensibly of the three bits I did on there, two of them were very serious. So, because mm-hmm. I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm just so.
1: Just tired. going there trying to do yeah. podcast interviews. So, yeah. Like, saying this it's is not just what this is. Shit. Yeah. I like how you've gotten pigeonholed as, like, a host guy everywhere. Yeah. Like, the zoo yeah. and the uptown members like, hey, come host our thing. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Who is the one? Larry Sharp's guys asked me to interview. Yeah, didn't they watch, you, like, host a debate between, yeah. like, him and somebody else? Larry like, Sharp and. Marion Williamson? Yeah, it was so Sunday. many wild.
0: I was just like, you guys know I'm like, I'm just the guy with the local podcast, right? But whatever. Yeah,
1: right. Oh, man.
0: All right. Uh, follow Kevin at, underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow, follow my brother. At, Don't follow, follow Yeah, follow Big, sub, follow big underscore Soul underscore Inc. Great follow. Uh, hopefully, we'll see Heather sometime soon. Heather, we'll start yeah, the yeah. countdown. Uh, next week, we'll do something fun in the second half and we'll see where everything is. Uh, thanks again to Kerry Bostic, players Utica, Cyanar, Humanoids, uh, keep it tight, Woodstock lives. Uh, tape machines are rolling we are desperately out of time we will see you next week uh, be responsible stay inside stay away from everybody else break the chain and uh, yeah, and strive to be kind and
1: of thoughtful you know what I mean yes take care of people keep your eyes yeah, awesome. cool. whatever do your thing
0: sayonara folks